far are you going? About 30 years. In this week's episode, Dragon Ball hits the silver screen once again with Dragon Ball Super Brawly. instead of red, so maybe it's improved. Alright, so were you trying to talk to me on your computer just now? Yeah, I'm still on the computer. <laughs> okay. I thought you acted like you weren't going to get internet service because the Texan gas companies cut your internet service. Well, I have my phone, like, there's some personal hotspot thing that you can do on your phone to, like, broadcast the 4G to your computer and use the internet through that. So that's what I've been doing. Oh, okay. And you're, you have an unlimited data, so then like you don't have to worry about go, meeting a data cap or something. No, that's not accurate. So I do have limited data. Oh, man. I hate to use up all your data for the entire cell phone bill on this podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is... That- they, uh, at some point, they like you hit some cap where it like slows down your internet, and uh, that's yeah. probably going to happen unless they fix the wires. But they're they're like making it worse out there. When when I was, are, are we recording? Yeah, we're recording now. So you're going to okay. tell your when, life story. I went to, of see, I went to see the Dragon Ball Super movie, and when I was there, they like they they caused another problem. Like they hit that power line. And so, like, tomorrow they have to come back and fix the power. Uh, and so they said they're going to have to, like, cut off the power for a few hours to, like, work on the pipes and try to fix it. It's just, these people are fucking idiots. They keep this is all in the name of lowering gas in our country, John, because there's such a plethora under power lines and internet cables in Texas that then, like, crazy Texans have to drill in your backyard to get all the oil so we can have oil at, like, $50 a barrel. Yeah. <laughs> or however that works. Yeah, I don't know what was wrong with the pipes before, like, why they had to raise them out of the ground and then, like, mess around with them or whatever, but they've, like, raised the pipes and then lowered them back down, and but then they're still doing stuff, and <laughs> they keep causing problems. They're out there all day making all this noise, and it's annoying. 
What are they like? They need to like pay us for screwing up our yard so much. They cut well, down a bunch of trees and stuff. Yeah, they, they need just to showed up. And yeah, they need stuff. to like somewhat compensate your power and electric bill for the, the service that it's out. Like, what are they like? Park cattle rustlers? So then, like, they're moving longhorns across your backyard as they're working on the the gas main <laughs> or like the oil pipes or whatever. Yeah, I think it's natural gas, but I'm not sure. Maybe it is oil. But... Oh. I mean, it's just, like, under all the property in Texas, so... Jeez. <laughs> this just happens if you live here. Uh, I just assume they're putting, like, a giant oil drill, like, in your backyard, like, ten of them. Like, it's freaking Jebco from the movie Giant or something. Like, it just buys all this, like, unused Texan land to drill more oil. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, man. <clears throat> So that's a, that's a good way to kick off the first recording of 2019, the first official pod of 2019, I should say. Yeah, well, there was one that you released, but it was recorded in 2018. Yeah, we we that was right after Christmas, so that was our Soul Bianca review. But now we're going to talk about Dragon Ball Super Broly, beefed up edition. Is there like a bit of a lag when I talk to you? I'm, there is. Oh shoot. Okay, so there's gonna be some probably some delays. I I guess. Yeah, it kind of cuts in, in and out a little bit too. Like you said something about Longhorns, and then like I think that the, like Texas A and M like cut that off, and they're like, well, we can't have you talking about that. Am I besmirching the name of Texan? <laughs> well, they have like the, this rivalry with the uh, the Longhorns from from UT. Oh no, that that rivalry is go always like, going to be there. If you go to like the like the vet school, they have like a this like little doll of like a cow with its horns sawed off because this is like some prank that the Aggies pulled on the Longhorns like I don't know 50 years ago or something and they think it's like the greatest thing they ever did. They like <laughs> cut off some cow's horns. And so like if you, like when I was in in like high school they would make us go on like these tours of A and M, and they would like show us like this statue of like a cow with its horns sawed off. And they were like, "Ha ha, we really showed them there. We <laughs> cut them horns off." <laughs> I will, I will give it this because I was at the because um, <clears throat> I was at the Wally Gator Bowl uh, for A and M and the NC State, and A and M fans are really diehard. Like, that first yes, half of the game, are. the first half of the game was, like, really close. And I was like, oh, hey, maybe, you know, NC State should definitely pull this off. I'm here cheering on my team. And then that second half came, and it was like, the State just gave up. They're like, ah, oh, we don't care. So, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know what happened. That was just stupid. But, man, they were actually, they were pretty, I, we sat with some fans. They kind of, were, everyone's kind of scattered. But A&M had their, like, whole section, and they were loud. And, you know, they have, like, an actual marching band. So they're kind of like a force to be reckoned with, and um, now I, I I had fun that first half, and then I think we left like six seven minutes in the last quarter, of what was left, and we're like, yeah, we're not gonna. There were there's no way we're pulling this off, and then as we're like walking out of the stadium, they scored another touchdown. I was like, all right, f this game, <laughs> and it was like muggy and hot because it's Florida, and it's like, yeah, every reason for me never to live in that effing state. Because it's like there is no winter that exists there. That that was like in November or December. When this did was you do this? this was New Year's Eve, and it's eighty degrees okay, in December. Jacksonville. Screw yeah. Florida. 
Even though that's like where most of the popular podcasts come from, aka AWO. I don't know how they stand it. Like I'd be, I don't, I don't know. I guess like living in Florida would make me a cynical, like grumpy pod anime fan podcaster if I lived in Florida too. <laughs> Shots fired. Anyways, um, so welcome to the Anime of Yesteryear podcast. We are doing our first recording in 2019. And we're going to talk about Dragon Ball Super Broly. I am your host, Dustin, or one of your hosts, and with me is my other host, John. Yes. I just saw the movie today. I think Zionic saw it maybe a week or two ago. I saw it, I saw it the 19th, because it was around my, it was like the day after my birthday, after we released, uh, Soul Bianca. And, uh, I went and saw it with my buddy Eric. And that was, yeah, it's been like about two weeks. No, I, I yeah, the movie went in there on I think the 16th was when it started, and now it's the the 30th, and this was like the last day of it. Okay. So when I went in there, there was only just one other guy in there. So I think most people have already seen it a long time ago, <laughs> or, but seen I it, or seen it like multiple showing showings like by the 31st. Right. <clears throat> I'm sure that a lot of people, yeah, like hardcore fans, maybe they saw it multiple times. I, I'm good seeing it once, and and that's right. like how I am with like pretty much most movies, unless I want to revisit it. Like I, I can't understand people that like dump all this. They dump more money I'm paying for a movie ticket than just waiting for the thing to come out on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. Then they can see it multiple times for paying one price. Did you see that? There was like a Twitter thread by this guy who saw like Infinity War. Every day for like, oh, months, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. had like a picture of him like wearing a different comic book shirt each day. Like, yeah, that's kind of person. I don't understand how you don't get bored doing that. I, I knew I knew a guy in college that went and saw Batman versus Superman four times and was proudly boasting about it. And I was mm. like, why? Like, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> T Y does that with um, uh, I think with like I don't remember which movie it was. Maybe it was Dark Knight Rises. He saw it in theaters like six times or something, and it's like I don't, I don't know how you can do that. I didn't even think that movie was that good to see it six times. I mean, I've only seen, I've only seen it once. Um, yeah, I've only seen it once. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's not, it's not like bad. But it's like I saw it once, and then it's like okay, I've yeah. seen it. Oh shoot! Like one more superhero thing. I've seen. Um, but yeah, I mean that that, that kind of thing. I, I mean, you already know what's going to happen. So it's not as exciting after the first time. But you're it's going, like you could be doing other things. You're paying eight, nine dollars to see more of the film, like Easter eggs. Like you can really study the backgrounds and like how they made the movie. Which is like, why don't you just pay for the freaking release and watch it in your home? And you can like spend all the time on your computer and zoom in and take freeze frames and just dissect the heck out of it. Yeah, they can't wait that long. I guess not. You only got to wait like what three months now. Movies used to take forever to come out. I mean, that's right. Uh, yeah, like if you look at like a like a recording from like the early two thousands or something, uh, there'll be like a, an ad for like Monsters Inc on VHS or something, and it'll have been like nine months or something like that since it came out in theaters. Now it's like you know a quarter of that time or something. Yeah. Well, Cloud on the Discord chat is saying is claiming that the, those people said they saw Lionsgate. Power Rangers twenty five times. That is that's is that real? 
that happened? I have no idea, but that is to me is like a unique kind of hell to to go through it. Like Power Rangers was painful enough the one time I saw it. Yeah, I saw it once. That's like that's more than enough. <laughs> yeah, that was well <laughs> more than enough. Uh, legitimately loved that movie because why? I don't know, but there there were. Yeah. I mean, I can, like, get more enjoyment out of, like, the 90s ones just on, like, a so-bad-it's-good level. Like, the special effects are so goofy, like, the primitive CGI and the way they, like, fly through the air kicking in, like, this absurd fashion where it's, like, obviously that they're on wires. See, I would have loved the 95 Power Rangers movie if I was a kid and I was obsessed obsessed with Power Rangers at that time, which I was neither of those things. And then seeing right. it as like a thirty-year-old adult on TV one day, I was like, "My God, this movie is bad! Like, this does not hold up." <laughs> Glad have you seen the movie? He's typing it in. I can never do such myself. And then he says, "Yeah, he's seen it." Yeah, yeah. We did a review of it. Uh, I think uh, around the time we did a review of Ghost in the Shell. Um, yeah, because we, we yeah we we've combined that into one podcast. So that's been two years, I think, at this point. That sounds about right. Yeah, is that, is that a dead franchise? Like they're not doing more movies of Power uh, Rangers? I I have no idea. I mean, Heim lost the life, so maybe um, Bandai or whoever owns it now would be more interested in doing movies. I don't know. They might reboot it again. I mean, it seems like everything gets rebooted within like. You know, how many times has Spider-Man been rebooted in this millennium? <laughs> yeah, this is the... Well, I mean, there's the Spider-Verse, but I, I thought that was something... Is that considered a reboot? Sure. Uh, so that'd be like four times for Spider-Man in the past 20 years. That's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it qualifies as a reboot or not, because it's like its own... Like, it's a cartoon. I don't know if that counts. But it yeah. is a movie, so maybe it doesn't. I don't know, whatever. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of reboots, uh, um, I, I was thinking like how many previous movies did they contradict here? Uh, I think it's five. I think that they rebooted it from like Bardock uh, because the way that the origin of Goku is told is, is different. Um, at, at the very beginning of the movie, they go back to um, like uh, before you know before Goku goes to Earth, uh-huh. and they show like Bardock and his his wife Jinae. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know they're on uh, Planet Vegeta before it, before it blows up. So um, so Gina, this is like her only like part in any of Dragon Ball that uh, she's ever been animated or put onto animation, right? Because she came in front. Yeah, manga. she's from she's from this um, this spinoff manga that ran a few years ago on Shonen Jump called Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. And, uh, they, they, like, most of it was, uh, like a prequel where, um, Jocko, like, meets the young Bulma and her older sister, Tights. And, uh, he's, like, uh, stuck on Earth and, uh, has to get, a, get them to build a rocket ship for him to get home. But then in the last chapter, they had this, uh, I think they called it Dragon Ball Zero or something like that. And it was, uh, you know, like Toriyama's version of Bardock, the father of Goku. And so they kind of adapted that into the, uh, into the first scene of this movie. Um, where they had like King Cold, uh, passing his empire down to Frieza and then, um, Frieza destroying the planet. Yeah. Um, 
I guess like has, it's like I mean like Vegeta's origin isn't changed all that much either. Like it kind of shows a backstory where like Bardock is even powerful than, um, you know Vegeta. Then of course Prince Vegeta or King Vegeta or whatever is like saying, "Oh, I banish you because your son can't be more powerful than me." So then you got the caretaker of Bardock that gets into that planet. So it seems like there's a really solid uh, backstory uh, for Bardock in this movie. Yeah, the, the Bardock uh, backstory they they changed that a little bit because you know like in the the, the TV special um, they had him uh, with like the, all these other Saiyans and then he uh, develops these psychic powers from fighting some aliens and then he uh, figures out what Frieza's about to do and then this he just has like this kind of punch for some reason uh, or it's just like I think Frieza's gonna betray us so he has to like get Goku out of there in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, in in the in the movie, uh, the Bardock father of Goku, he's like he doesn't send uh, Kakarot off. He just is sent off to Earth by Frieza, and uh, I guess Frieza just doesn't think it matters or something. Like he passes him by at one point, and he it, it like flashes their faces, but uh, you know he he doesn't think like oh I don't need to destroy this pot or anything. Yeah, and then so. Well, then also the fact that, like, not all the Saiyans in this came back, which is why you had, like, Nappa, um, Raditz, and, um, Vegeta, they were off somewhere, and they didn't just bother, they didn't want to come back. Like, yeah, oh, they, showed Nappa, really they showed Nappa, Raditz, and Vegeta, and then there were two other Saiyans with them that they'd never shown before or yeah. anything, and they they didn't say who they were or, like, why they didn't invade the Earth with Nappa and Vegeta or anything later on in the show. Maybe they were I don't know, like, maybe they maybe, got killed during later yeah, missions or something. It could have been. I mean, they were training Vegeta, uh, Raditz, and Nappa at that time. Or was Raditz somewhere else? And I even forgot. I don't know if they were all three together or not in that scene. They had Raditz. He was there with Vegeta in this like building, and they are like, eating fruit. Yeah. And uh, talking about, like, uh, they don't care that their families were killed and stuff like that, because they're like, trying to show how badass they are. So. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> It's been two weeks for yeah. me, as ever asked for you. The, the story is just fresh for, in your mind, so. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, and then uh, then they kind of cut to the to the future. Um, and go and while Beerus and Weiss are relaxing and watching with Bulma. And. Uh, yeah, because they like the. Well, I, I guess I kind of skipped over the stuff with Paragus and and Broly, where they, because that because that was also in the flashback scene. Right. Um. Yeah, they were like. Uh, um. Th- there was this part where uh, they were not sure about whether uh, Broly should be treated as royalty because he was really strong, and they could somehow tell like from he was a baby, but they could tell his power level was going to be high or something. Yeah. And. I- uh, Paragus is like, oh, but Prince King Vegeta is uh, mistreating my baby, so that's why he's got this motive to go after him later on and, and get revenge on his son. Yeah, well, I know they. I feel like they spent like a good third of the movie um, telling the backstory on the Saiyans and Bardock, and then I feel like the last two thirds of it, which was probably roughly about an hour ish or so, was on like when uh, Bardock. Well, they, they Bardock and uh, Paragus get recruited to join Frieza's new force because they've been stranded on that planet for so long uh, because their ship got busted up 
and then they you know they bring him aboard the Frieza ship, and of course Paragus is like doesn't care about the Saiyan race, and he's like, oh well, that King Vegeta got what he got he, what he deserved because you know he we basically exiled ourselves, and I saved my son from his wrath, so like good riddance to him. I'll fight on your side. Um, yeah, uh, he's he's not very. Um keen on Goku and Vegeta just because I don't know, he associates them with uh with King Vegeta or Yeah. It's like he's like racist against Saiyans or <laughs> It's it's like someone of their own race being racist against their own race. So, so it's like a, so it's like an Uncle Ruckus effect, right? Yeah. <laughs> Saiyans are destroying planets and messing everything up. <laughs> Then planet swingers are just like to come over and wreck stuff and make a mess of everything. They got them tails hanging off. <laughs> like I, I would, you would say vine swingers, but like I never seen a saying swing from a vine, so that what I couldn't use that racist comment. <laughs> well, Goku kind of is like a monkey. Like he's like well, living yeah, in duh. the forest. So like the first episode. So of really, so really saying vine swingers is like appropriate because they do have tails. And they so literally like the, turn into monkeys. Yeah, so like it's not. It's literally like, and even like Frieza's like totally. You know, Frieza has had a total. Frieza races. calls them monkeys. Yeah, um, an actual like when I say race, like it is an actual race. He is an actual racist because he's against the entire race of the Saiyans, not just <laughs> yeah. like one skin color of the Saiyan race or anything like that. It, it's the it's every Saiyan. Every, yeah, it's genocide. Yeah, of all the Saiyans, he blows up their planet. Exactly. So, yeah, Frieza is a genuine racist. Frieza is Space Hitler. Exactly. <laughs> no question there. Um, and yeah, Goku still, like, brings him back to life. And he's like, hey, Frieza, let's go fight in a tournament together. Okay, I, I, yeah, so, like, that's all I, because, like, this takes place right after Super, and I haven't caught up with everything on Super, because I'm still keeping up with everything on Toonami. So, like, I just now know that, like, you know, they just show the episodes of uh, when... Goku brings Frieza back to fight on their team because Boo decides to take a nap and go into a coma for the rest of the series. And that's yeah. all I know. That's all I know right now. So, yeah. Well, they, 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 I saw this like I guess at a good time because they, they uh, yeah, they've just finished like the pre-tournament arc in the tsunami, and then next week they're gonna they're gonna start uh, with the tournament, and the, the tournament doesn't really affect this very much. They show like a few flashes of like some of the fighters when Goku's like talking about, oh, I gotta get stronger because we fought those guys in the tournament. Mm -hmm. But they don't like, they don't spoil like anything really major about the tournament. I mean, it's separate from the tournament because it takes place after those events because it's all in that super timeline and that makes sense. But like, there's no reason to refer back to the tournament because it's over and done other than Frieza. We kind of, I kind of already know what happens to Frieza after the tournament because he's already in this movie doing what he wants to do. Right, I guess it does spoil that Frieza stays alive, but uh, I was going to find out eventually. So whatever. So it's not it's not that it's not that big of a deal that I had to, you know, watch all of Super to make sure I was like caught up to speed or whatever. But they haven't spoiled anything from the tournament, so that's I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean the next I don't know how much Super is left, maybe six months or whatever. Uh, is is just one big fight scene. It's a very long, big tournament with hundreds of people fighting. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, there's only so much you can spoil. Yeah. And like, they don't, they don't spoil like the new forms from the, from that, from the tournament, which I thought was surprising that Goku doesn't use that. But instead they have like, uh, they have Goku and Vegeta, um, they go Super Saiyan Blue and then they fuse, uh, and become Gogeta. Yeah, they finally brought the fusion thing back since uh, the Boo arc. Yeah. So that was, that was in, uh, the Fusion Reborn movie where they become Gogeta. But okay. in this, they're acting like it happened for the first time. So that's like another movie that was wiped out because I started in on this talking about the five movies that they wreck on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then there's the three, three Broly movies, obviously. Uh, cause they, this is like, you know, Paragus gets killed in the first Broly movie. And so, yeah. So like, the, obviously this can't fit with that. You know, this is like a, kind of like a remake of that. And those, those old Dragon Ball Z movies don't really fit in well with the, uh, with the series anyway. Well, they were never People considered. They were never considered canon to begin with, and now this is officially canon with the super timeline. So it, it, it all makes sense now. So Brawley is now a canon figure instead of like it just kind of something as a side thing that they did for those movies, you know, twenty five plus years ago or whatever. Those t- or TV specials. Well, the thing with the with the movies was like Toei would would make them, and they would have characters introduced in the movies that would then show up in the series. Right. Like Garlic Jr. and Icarus. And so it was always kind of ambiguous, like, does Toei consider these to be canon or not? Because there would be characters that would, like, spill over between the movies and the show, like Pycon, who's in Fusion Reborn, and he's in the other world tournament and stuff. But then, like, the maybe, like, within the context of, like, the 1980s and 1990s, Toei, like, took what they were making seriously Mm-hmm. But you know, ever since ever since Kai, they uh, they pretty much excised all that stuff, and they're like GT and didn't happen. And the movies didn't happen, and you know now Dragon Ball Z is just like the first part of it is just what happened in in the manga essentially, because that's what Kai is is kind of like an animated version of the manga, right? Uh, just with just with like Gregory added, I guess <clears throat> is like the main change, like the little flying like cricket thing mm-hmm. he was not in the manga but he's like he still appears in super and stuff even though he's not a toriyama character <laughs> but uh i mean there's there's just like little minor changes like that and otherwise it pretty much lines up with the with the manga more now like they changed the color of trunk's hair to, to make it more like the manga you know he's like blue haired in the future trunks arc and right so they, they're trying to make it, I guess Toriyama like told them like, I want it to be more like my vision and less of this filler stuff that you made a long time ago. No, I don't know how much involved he was with this movie, but mm-hmm. I think he was pretty involved with the previous two movies. So pro- I assume he was probably pretty involved with this one too. The way they handled this in the manga was like after the, um, the tournament ended, they, uh, they had like one panel which showed like Broly and Vegeta and Goku fighting. Uh-huh. Just to show like that this is canon to the manga. And then they like moved on. And they were just like, Goku and Vegeta fought new strong enemies. And then they, then they move on to this other arc with, uh, them going off into outer space and fighting some new enemy. And so they just kind of, and Boo is still asleep in this new arc. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Yeah, like the Galactic Patrol show up and they're like, we're looking for uh, Majin Buu and he's just like there sleeping. So Mr. Satan calls Goku and Vegeta to go uh, help and 
yeah, then they go off to to New Namek and they have to fight this wizard and so that's that's what's going on now and that that all happens after this but that they just kind of pass over this because nothing that happens in this movie is really all that significant or anything to the mm-hmm. to the overall story. It's kind of like a self contained uh, story. Gotcha. Um, I will say this: like I noticed, like when watching the movie, on like the the technical aspects of it, because I it seems like I, I was with my buddy Eric, and he was, and we were talking about this after the film, and I told him I don't, I didn't think it was gonna, it didn't look good. Was them trying to go back to the old traditional cell animation, and I can tell when they change things up from like trying to make it look traditional, and then also when they add in the three D effects, and the three D stuff looks really, 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 really good. And in the traditional stuff they try to pull off looks really, really bad. Like, really cheap. Like, early Dragon Ball Super levels, like, in the in-between animation stuff when it's really fast. And it's... I remember, like, when uh, Anime World Order reviewed uh, Battle of... Uh, shoot, the, the Freezer Battle movie. Of God. Battle of Gods. So, or Battle... So that was the one with Beerus. Yeah. The, the second one was Resurrection F. Yeah, Resurrection F. He was talking about, like... Toei is like one of the most like laziest mother effers when it comes to animation. Like if you had to re- rely on them to save the world and make something that looked good animation wise, we would all be doomed. Because Toei is such on the cheap, and you know with a big budget film like this, even if they wanted to try to shoot back and you know try to make it look like traditional animation, like they could have done a whole lot more detail on it, and it would have looked really really good. But then they didn't. And it just it just doesn't fit well. Like you can clearly tell, like, and like the a couple of minutes, like in this fight scene when they're like you know fighting in the lava or the uh, the Earth's uh, lava core or whatever, and um, it just did not look good. And then when they went to like the three D, like you can tell they they changed it up and uh, to like the th- like a three D mode when it was uh, Gogeta and Brawly fighting with like the big energy balls. Like that looked really good. So it's 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 this extreme between like newer stuff. And it looking good, and then the old, and then then trying to recapture the older animation and not looking so good. And if they just spent some more, a little more time, or just like really fleshing that out, they would have would have looked fine. I wouldn't have a problem with it. But like I could clearly tell off the bat that it just like it did not look fit or look well to me. Yeah, there were parts that looked good when they they were fighting really quickly and stuff. But, uh, yeah, when it kind of lingers on something, you can tell, like, that there's a certain, like, laziness to some of it. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, there were parts where it looked like a video game or something. And I guess I mean that as a compliment. Like, during the big battles and stuff, it, it looked like, you know, what I've seen of, like, the trailers of Dragon Ball Fighters and that sort of thing where... Yeah, that was kind of uh, towards you know, the end of the fight of Broly. And I thought, and that, that's the part I thought looked really good, and it did. Yeah. Where they would team up and they did like the Gallic Gun Kamehameha together and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Looked good. I just remember there was like about a minute or so of that film, maybe two, that it was, it was really fast paced animation. And I, it just did not look good to me. Like I clearly saw it and, uh, my buddy Eric was just like, oh, it'll look fine to me. And I was like, uh, no, it didn't. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to toy, you kind of have to have low expectations because they exactly. are just known for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I don't go in expecting it to look like Ghibli or anything, but, uh, you know, I thought they did, for, like, how long the fight was, they kept it interesting. You know, they had all these different characters switching in and out, like the part where he fights Vegeta, and then he fights Goku, and then he fights Frieza, and then he fights Gogeta, and so you have 
all these different guys going up against Broly, and so yeah. they they kept it interesting, where it's not just like just Goku the whole time or something. Um, and Piccolo is even there for a little bit, although he doesn't fight. Yeah, I mean, I had no issue with the pacing in this film whatsoever. Like, it was just nonstop action, which is why it was really good. Like, it, it kept you engaged the entire time. Like, even like I felt I was on my edge of my she- uh, edge of the seat like quite a number of times. Like, okay, like you have my attention. I may have the issues with the animation here and there, but like stuff is happening and there's no slowdown. Like once that battle kicks off, and it just looks just fun all the way through. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, uh, they they um, it, it, they had that the long scene at the beginning with the the uh, exposition about like the history of the Saiyans and all that, that and that was pretty much like the main part that was not a battle, you know, because right after that they you know you have Goku and Vegeta fighting right off, and then uh, they find out about uh, the Frieza has come to Earth and mm-hmm. he's looking for the Dragon Balls, and um, so they go off to Antarctica or wherever. Uh, that sounds about and right. The, or the North Pole or whatever they're at. Some cold place. And, uh, there's, uh, y- you know, a couple of Frieza soldiers and they get the Dragon Balls before them. And so then, uh, then, uh, for, for whatever reason, Frieza does not just, like, summon the Dragon. He just kind of stands there with the Dragon Balls, like, floating around for the whole movie. While <laughs> Broly fights. Well, I don't well, know why he doesn't just make his wish. Wait, was that, was that, because I don't know if, Shoot. Well, did by then did Freeze already have the seventh ball because he already had the other six, and they found his uh, <clears throat> his scouters found um, or a scout team found the seventh one in Antarctica, and Vegeta and Goku caught him in time. And well, I guess no, they did no, he did have the seventh because then he had that one uh, that that girl that was the the fan service girl of the show, but she was still a good character. And she's the one that summoned the dragon to make sure, like, Brawly and them got teleported to his planet so we can, like, calm the heck out. And, um... The green waifu. The what? The green wife character? Yeah, the green waifu, yeah. I don't know what her name is, I, I, don't, I don't... I think they said her name once, and that's, like, yeah. They, I think... There's, like, an old man, and then there's, like, yeah. uh girl who's always, like, leaning over and showing off yeah, her boobs. Yeah, yeah, well, it's that, and then there's, like, a lot of side booty shots. Like yeah, a lot of her giving, when she gives expedition, you see that that beautiful curve of her hips and her butt sticking up and protruding as she's like, "We really need to help Brawly. This is getting way out of hand." And I'm like, "Yeah, you just hold that pose, and uh, someone will get to it." <laughs> she's one of those anime girls who's always like really excited and like really cares about yeah. everyone and everything, yeah. you know. Uh, but yeah, she's, uh, she's like, I guess she's like a, into Broly or something. Uh, cause she's, he's got some little story about, uh, his friend from the, the planet he grew up on, which was some like alien monster that he, he was hanging out with. And it was and his, his only meal. friend because he like, what was it? His dad cut his ear off or something? Or he yeah, did? his mean old man showed up and blasted off the ear, and then he put the ear around his waist and made it a coat or something. I thought it was more like a kilt, kind of. Uh, yeah. A okay. Yeah. Kilt. Yeah. I, I, it, it was like around his waist, like a loincloth kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and they were like trying to take it off of him, and he gets angry. He's like, 
don't touch that. It's important to me. And then he tells them the story. <laughs> this and is they, why I have an ear hanging off of my waist. Listen yeah. to my tale. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that girl is like, I guess, popular on the Freedom of the Force because there's like this drunk guy that shows up and he's like trying to hit on her. And I think she might, like, don't mess with her. I think she might be the only female on that ship. I could be wrong, but... She's yeah. I mean, has there ever been a female member of the Frieza Force before? I can't think of um, one. I mean, Zarbon looked like a girl, but he had he was a pretty boy with long hair, and then he got really ugly when he beefed up. I guess uh, technically, uh, but I wouldn't Goku's count mother. That. Uh well, there was a. I think I mean there was a lot of people. Well, that was just that was just like for breeding for Saiyans. Like I don't think she ever fought. She was just a homemaker. Right, but she had like, uh, I mean, like all the Saiyans were like the property of Frieza, so like yeah. they were technically like part of his empire or something. Uh, well, I mean, but... going, I mean, going back to, I guess, uh, racism. Like you could, ter- I mean, Frieza's kind of like the slave master owner, and you know, slave masters used to, you know, have their best, you know, slaves breed with their women to make more. Yes. So then that's more for the Force Army. And even for like you know crops and harvesting and whatever, so you know her her job was just to be the home ca- the home the caretaker the mother, and you know like you know let's make more babies for the Frieza Force, and so our, our also our lineage can keep going. Yeah, because they just show her cutting up food and uh, yeah, the one scene that she's, she's just in. She's a happy homemaker, so yeah. Um, and if she's good with uh, it, then I ain't, I ain't got no problem with it either. So, hey, you know, whatever. It's traditional gender roles. It works for the Saiyans. And, you know, hey, they were. I think they were probably doing fine until Frieza blew everything up. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they uh, they don't really have many female, um, like, Super Saiyans or anything until you get to Super where they bring in this, uh, this yeah. these new girls, Kale and uh, whatever the other one's name is. Uh, well, they just introduced them on Toonami, so like I'm. Cool. Cauliflower, to... that's her name. Cauliflower and, and Kale, yeah. Yeah, and the Kale, that character, when she was first brought in on Super, people thought she was Broly, because uh, like in the second intro, they show like this big, bulky, like version of Broly, but yeah. with boobs, and so yeah. people were like, "Wait, is Broly a girl now? Like, what's going on?" It's Finn Broly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I was at first I was like, well, maybe it's just like big like pectoral muscles because like Toei doesn't draw well. I don't know. <laughs> but then it turned out it really was like a girl. So it, it's yeah. like this like shy girl with hair that doesn't look anything like Broly, but then she like transforms into like a she Broly. Yeah, it's kind of like wow, you have that pent up in you. Jeez, that girl's yeah. got issues. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, you know that, that makes her an interesting character, at least from what I can tell. So, I'll and Cauliflower is more like just like a normal Saiyan, like Vegeta or something, mm-hmm. where she's just like got a big like ego and she likes to fight and she's, except she happens to be a girl, and so a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's like uh, these two are lesbians." This was like a big thing when they first came out on. Uh, <laughs> in the, the Japanese version, yeah, like clouds people that he like follows on Twitter, like Cla- all these like. <laughs> I like how I refer to them the clouds people, like the, <laughs> yeah, the, the people that Cloud associates himself with his party. <laughs> clouds, his uh, peeps, yeah, his clouds crew, crew. <laughs> his the cool crew. cloud club. God, 
Oh. I mean, Cloud posted in the chat, um, Chi-Y and Limo, those are the names of the the new characters. Uh, oh, okay. I think Chi-Y must be the girl, and Limo must be the old man. Uh, that sounds about right. I mean, Chi-Y yeah, Chi like, kind of sounds like Chitara from... Oh, no, Thunder. I was thinking more... Thunder. Thundercats. Oh. Well, like, Chitara was from Mortal Kombat, too. Okay. But, but there, no, there was a Cheetah or Cheetah, whatever. Yeah, Thundercats. That's the female cat in Thundercats, yeah. Yeah, okay. I didn't know they used the same name. Yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat came later, so that it, maybe that they saw the Thundercats or something first. I guess. I will say this, like, they brought up the technology of the scouters, and so, like, the original scouters were, like, basically, like, hand telescopes that they were using, and then they became oh, yeah. Like, I thought that was really interesting. Like, they had that, you know, like, oh, we're upgrading you guys to new scouters, um, so, that, you know, you can wear it on your heads or whatever, so you don't have to hold up, like, a, like you know, a telescope or whatever to scout for things. So you can fight and still have your scatter on you instead of like you know trying to like oh I gotta fight one handed and check your power level with the other one. Uh huh. So I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, those uh, they the Frieza people still use the scouters because they like um, they went to um, the planet where Broly is, um, the old man and the girl, and they like scan Broly and they're like, it can't read his power level. It's too massive. Yeah. But it, it, they, did, they didn't explode, which I thought that they would, because that's usually what happens when there's a big power level on Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. <laughs> it's over 9,000! Well, I guess he doesn't It doesn't explode. He just crushes it with his hand. Hey, Vegeta. Oh. But, like, on Namek, on Namek, they're always exploding. Like, if, like, well, Zarbon yeah, yeah. is, like, reading Vegeta's power level. Yeah, a lot of them, were, there were some really faulty scouters. And then, and then they were like, oh, we have a new batch coming. We updated the software on them, so they should they sh- they have the um, the security protection, so they won't explode if the number if the numbers go past the allowed digits on the scatter reader. <laughs> yeah, like I think that was a problem. That must have been like a problem they encountered like only on Amic because they've never dealt with fighters that strong. Yeah, when Captain Ginyu is fighting Goku, uh, like him and Jis are like standing there, and Goku is like showing off his power level, and he and Ginyu is like. 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, and he just keeps going and going for like a whole episode. Yeah. And he's like, 100,000? Oh my god! And they're just like freaking out about it, and it just keeps going up, because I guess the, those are like the new scouters that can like read any power level. It goes so above they're... five digits. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but the early scouters that like Zarbon and the Doria have, they must have been pretty shitty, because they like, they broke right away. Like, as soon as Vegeta landed on the, the planet and, like, was fighting Kui, I think they started breaking, like, yeah. just from reading that. And that and Kui is, like, not even a strong fighter. Like, nobody even remembers him. He's, like, this minor fighter that Vegeta kills in, like, five minutes. I think I, think I barely remember him, but if, if he was, like, Vegeta's first casual, casualty on uh, Namek, then... Yeah. He was, like, the blue but yellow polka dot guy. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, he's like this alien that's like taunting Vegeta like when he first gets out of the tank and he tells Vegeta that uh, Frieza went to Namek and then they both speed off to Namek and then Frieza, I mean, Vegeta just kills him right away. Yeah, yeah, okay, I remember him. I mean, yeah. barely, but like, that's, that's just how minor characters are in Dragon Ball yeah. universe. Uh, yeah, he's not exactly like a character who gets like featured in the video games or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man. Uh, maybe in some of them. Uh, there are some that have like a hundred characters or something. I don't know if Fighter Z has a hundred characters or not. I mean, probably not. But there, I'm sure there's like Raging Blast or whatever. I, I I didn't play any of the ones after PS2, but I just have like read that some of the later ones have a ton. Okay. Like the last one I played was uh, I think like Infinite Worlds, which was pretty much like Budokai Four. Okay. Well, I, mean, I got Fighter Z on Black Friday, and I played a little bit of that, so I haven't gotten too far in the story mode, but I do own it. Um, mm-hmm. They're probably, like, do they do DLC? Like, they could add, like, this new version of Broly in there or something? I would imagine so. I mean, like, Fighter Z's only been out for, what, a year and a half at this point? Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's still a relevant Dragon Ball uh, Z game, so. In, like, 2000 and. I want to say like 2002, 2003, like uh, when Smash Melee was the big thing at my school. Yeah. We we wrote up a long list of uh, characters that we wanted to see in the next Smash Brothers game, and we had like all these Dragon Ball Z characters <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, you know all kinds of different uh, fighters from like cooler and like all these like obscure. <laughs> like characters that just showed up in the movies or whatever, and uh, I guess they'll never do that. But they they add in like weird things, like uh, you know, things that are not even from Nintendo franchises. So maybe it could happen at some point, you know, because they have like Persona characters and uh, like Metal Gear Solid characters and all these, different, and, you know, Sega characters like Sonic and yeah. Pac Man, who's like Namco, you know, so. I guess it's not totally impossible that they could do this, but maybe they think of them as more like anime characters than video game characters. I guess so what, I guess just whatever is easy for Nintendo to get the license, but they may they're doing very well that they can pay to you know license these characters for their game that you know that they know it's going to sell well. Yeah, I mean, I had like Blue on um, GameCube, and so I thought of them as kind of being. Maybe I had it on PS2, I don't know. But as being, like, video game characters, sort of. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there there are so many Dragon Ball Z video games. Like, you can go back to, like, NES, I think, and there's, like, a a Dragon Ball game for I mean, it. Maybe it's only in Japan. But. Well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of them for the Super Nintendo that people were importing over here and selling them. And, you know, they still do it to oh, this yeah. day where you can go to cons and get a Super Nintendo copy of, um, or Famicom, Super Famicom copy of any kind of Dragon Ball Z game. I think I... I don't know if I have... I don't think I have any of them. Um, no, I don't either, but I, I remember seeing them oh, in yeah, like the 90s everywhere. at Bookman, so they would have like uh, import games. Mid to late 90s and 2000s, but even still today, like you can hit up any big con, and usually if, if someone's selling a video... If someone's a big video game dealer there, then like you'll, chances are you're going to run into a few Dragon Ball Z games. Yeah, but they're like... Um, they're, Super Nintendo ones are like RPGs. So it's kind of like you would have to put like no well, Japanese. No, no, there's a couple. Really of, there's it. a couple of fighters for those. I know there's. I mean, there's RPGs and there's also fighters for them too. Mm. Yeah, there there was a, an RPG for the for the DS which covered the like the um, Sega and Frieza saga. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Well, but, there's also uh, Legacy of Goku and Goku Two for the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> yeah, and Boost Fury, which was like Legacy of Goku Three, pretty much. Okay. Uh, yeah, those were those were good. Um, well, I haven't played them in forever. I don't know if they hold up, but I, I remember enjoying them as good. And I think Goku too. They added in like other characters you could play as, like Trunks and uh, um, 
I've only played Legacy. I've only played Legacy two. Um, that's been many years. I think when I tried it, like those controls were so hard, and I had a hard time trying to play it, and I did not get far. The, the main thing I remember about the Legacy of Goku one was I got stuck at some point, and uh, you had to go behind a waterfall and like walk back like in there, and there's like a cave or something, and you had to go in there to get something. Uh, and I was like stuck there for months and they, I, I was like, okay, I, I need there to be like a strategy guide for this thing. And it was taking, they kept getting like delayed. And I would go to GameStop and be like, okay, do you have the strategy guide? And they're like, no, well, they pushed it back another month or two. I was like, what the fuck? Why is it taking so long? Uh, and then I, I finally got it and I was like, oh, so that's where you die. I was like pixel hunted like everywhere except like, I didn't think you could actually go behind I, I mean, I figured you would have checked GameFAQs at that time. GameFAQs did exist. I mean, someone had a bound, was bound to write a, um, a manual on it at that time if they figured it out. Well, you're you're right. I should I should have done that. I mean, I, for whatever reason, I didn't. Uh, maybe maybe no one else could figure it out. Either. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure somebody figured it out. I just I didn't. I mean, I could it. look up game facts for um like my playthrough of Final Fantasy VII on my Vita, but I've still got my old uh, strategy guide I've had for about 20 years. So that's what I've been going through. Uh, or oh. That's what I've been using. So I actually had to look up game facts for one area because the manual. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to get past one part, and then I realized, like, oh, I, I shouldn't run through this one area. And the 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 book did not tell me that. They just said, like, oh, be careful, it's slippery or something. And then I look on, yeah. I look on there in this area, and like, oh, you have to walk through because if you run, you're gonna slide. I'm like, oh, I wish the book told me that, but whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah, I like I like to still use those things too. Uh, I, I I I love it when on uh, like James and Mike Mondays, uh, James will just like pull out an old issue of Nintendo Power or something. And he'll be like, "Look at the map. Here's how we got to get through this on Super Metroid or something," because <laughs> he's he's just like, you know, he he wants like the full like retro experience if he's going to do something, and I really appreciate that because a lot of people are are not like him. You know, he 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 is not at all like your average gamer now who would like play it on a ROM and like look at a FAQ on like game facts or something. Yeah, you know, he he will like do the full experience to get the maximum nostalgic impact of it like this is how I played it back in the day and I'm going to get the maximum nostalgic rush if I do it exactly the same way like to me that is for me I just don't I, for me I just don't want to waste the time pulling up my phone and, and clicking on the Google Chrome app and typing in game facts and then scrolling through when the I can get it in the book within like 10 seconds or 5 to 10 seconds but like I've got, I've books, got I got posted, I got posted notes yeah the books come with images but the post-it notes, like, I mean, I can I can put post-it notes in the pages where I'm like where the areas I'm stuck on, or like where I'm at, where I left off. So then, like, I have like a, a, a like a footnote of where I'm at and where how much further I need to go. Uh huh. And that takes literally two seconds. Yeah, I mean, or you can just like have a bookmark or something, and you just put it wherever you want. Yeah. Um. This but is, yeah, I have like I have like boxes full of strategy guides in my room here. I've got a number like of old, them too. Like Genesis and like Super Nintendo and N64 strategy guides. Man. Uh, um, this has nothing to do with Dragon Ball Super Brawly. I know we got off on a tangent, right. but that usually happens. Um, it was Dragon Ball Z related in some aspect, but then we kind of went off. Um, I don't know. I, I really got nothing else to say on this film because I don't want to spoil I mean we've kind of already said sort of what happens um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, they, I just, I, I just wonder if um, reborn like when uh, they're fusing and like they get the the fingers not quite right. This happens like in the Boo Saga too with Goten and Trunks, yeah. where like at first they're fat and then they're an old man and then yeah. they get it right. And they they're like flashing through at like uh, thirty minute intervals are passing in between the the fusions. Yeah, and they just show like Broly is just like pummeling Frieza the whole time. Yeah, just wailing on him like crazy, and then it's like, all right, thirty minutes later, all right, let's try it again. Yeah, and they they keep like making the same mistakes, where they like the fingers are not quite synced up, or they're at the wrong angle, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I wonder. I, wonder... Uh, I think the fat one is called Viku, um, but I don't know what the uh, what the old one is called. I don't know if they ever give him a name. The fusions that screwed up. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was where Viku got his username from. I did not know that. <laughs> That's interesting. So now we know. I know his origin story on how v- we got Viku got his name. And he models himself after this like fat uh, loser character that, that that just like gets his ass kicked by Janemba and is like farting all the time. In the Fusion Reborn, and Vika was like, "I resonate so well with this character as my IRL persona." <laughs> like I don't want to say that, but then it's like, you know, you, the name you pick, it, it's, it's who, maybe it's who you are. So. Um, I guess I'll say it like uh, hopefully the ending, like if they bring Bar- Brawly, maybe like him and uh, Chilaya, well, maybe they'll have like little Brawly kids or something. Who knows? Brawly can be a daddy. And it'll be like half green, half um, I guess the Saiyans are just white. I mean, they have like blonde hair and blue eyes and everything. Like, yeah, there are people who like say Dragon Ball Z is Nazi propaganda because <laughs> they're like these. Nietzschean like supermen that have blonde hair and blue eyes and they're like this master well, warrior race. Well, it's totally about the Aryan race with uh, with Hitler or whatever. So, I mean, it's kind of, I guess to the Japanese, like if you're you know, blue eyes, blonde hair, like you're like a superior person and maybe in some aspect or you're very like, look like you, you probably get more notoriety as a person, but I mean I don't know. They may kind of like idolize Westerners because they're the only people who are ever able to overcome them militarily. Like True, they but then also the... the fact that we have gone to the country in the past before that as a way for merchant ships and to set up like monasteries and um, you know missionary work. And so like that. So they had a feel of like West, of Westerners coming in over there like you know, before even the, like, maybe even during or before the Tokugawa era, before they closed the borders off for, like, a couple hundred years, and then they let it back open for the Meiji era. Yeah, the, the, there was, like, Admiral uh, Perry that went in there, and uh, was, like, this U.S. admiral that tried to open up trade with Japan. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that was... Uh, and I was following like the Dutch who had been uh, had been in there already. Right, like a couple of hundred trading. years prior. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, uh, th- that was in uh, in Kenshin because I watched that recently. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about some other anime now. I guess we're pretty much covered Super, unless yeah. you Super Super. I mean, yeah, I have like other than the complaints I mentioned, like Super is a really good 
Dragon Ball um, Dragon Ball movie. I mean, it's got Super yeah. so you can't say Z, but I mean, I liked it. I mean, looking back, like, yeah, I love, I mean, Battle of the Gods is a great movie, and I like Resurrection F. Um, those are fine films, but Brawly just, like, really, like, steps it up. So, like, I have to really, I have to give it a Toei, despite the fact that, like, they have, like, the laziest way to animate stuff. Other than that, like, this is a good movie. Yes, I think if you're a fan of DBZ, you'll like it. Mm-hmm. I know some people don't like Battle of Gods because there's so much humor in it. Uh, with Vegeta doing, like, the bingo dance and stuff. Or, uh, yeah, um, and then uh, Briera's breaking down. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, Battle of Gods is more like a Dragon Ball, like, um, kind of movie because it was like Dragon Ball was full of goofiness. So Right, and they brought back Pilaf and all that, and they're in this too, but just barely. They're in like one scene yeah. with uh, they're like hanging out with trunks when well, he this, figures out I that the dragon balls were stolen. I mean, this had a pretty good uh, amount of humor mixed into it. Like you know, like Beerus is left with um, Bola like babysitting, uh-huh. and Bola's just crawling over like the god of destruction and not thinking anything of it. And he's just like I mean, he's so integrated with uh, the like everybody on Earth at this point. Like he, it's always just a joke. Like oh, I'm gonna blow up the planet if you piss me off. And they're like oh, Beerus. Like he's such a joke character now, but um, yeah, he's like what? Now, he, now he's just like, and then you know, Bullet basically bosses him around now, which is just hilarious. And you know, yeah. it's like here, take care of my kid as we go do this thing. And he's just like, oh, uh, all right, I ain't getting him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think he's 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 what Piccolo became with Pan, where Gohan would just like leave her with him to babysit. Yeah. And he's like, but I'm the king of evil. Remember that? I, like, tried to take over the world, remember? <laughs> but not anymore. Yeah, they they all uh, they all get tamed in this kind of show. Uh, but uh, I guess Frieza is still evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, who knows? It's like, always funny. Yeah, like, because you have to have, like, an antagonist in here because they have to have someone to fight. And so now, like, Broly's yeah. on good terms with uh, Goku. Uh, uh, Frieza's wish... Uh, he 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 wants. Uh, I thought he was oh, going to want to become immortal, but uh, instead of that, he uh, he wants to uh, make himself five centimeters taller. And Bulma wants to get the Dragon Ball. She, she can make herself five years younger. And they're like, they're talking to people, and they're like, well, why not ten? And they're like, well, if people no, it's too this. noticeable. Yeah, people are going to find out and ask questions. And the freeze is like, if I grow two feet, people are going to ask, like, wait a sec, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. That's like a very Japanese way of thinking. Like they're not like if they were Westerners, like you know, Western celebrities are always like getting like obvious Botox or or like boob jobs or something. Yeah, they want they, like, they want to be known, but the Japanese are very subtle about it. Yeah, they're like they don't want they want to stick I, like, out, but not too much. Yeah, and, and they they're like the longest lived people on Earth, so they they know what they're doing. There you go. Yeah. Oh. Bulma just needs to like go to some hot springs or something, get her wrinkles out. Go to the Lazarus Pit and get a baptism in there. You know, Dragon Ball Z, it's like fucking 500 episodes or something, and there's never been a hot springs episode? That's like the only anime that doesn't have a hot springs episode. Now, John, hold your breath, because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Not uh, yet. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it past them. The the closest thing there is is like the first episode of Super where they like some hot spring water to give it to like Videl to get rid of her wrinkles or something. Oh. Go ten and trunks, and they have to like fight a snake. But that was like they didn't like have the girls like 
in the, ba- the the bath, like throwing the bath towel mat when the guys try to peep on him and stuff, like every other anime has. Yeah, it's mostly the opposite. Like, what was it like in, in Kai? Like, you know, like Goku's with trunks and Go uh, Goten, and he's like dunking him in like the the bathhouse or whatever, and people are cut like companies over, and then they break the little like hot tub, and, and Goku's like you know buck naked and laughing about it. And then Chi-Chi gets onto him, and everyone's just, like, all embarrassed that Goku's naked, holding up his, you know, <laughs> two, like, these two naked kids. One of them is his son, the other one is, like, his nephew or whatever. <laughs> so, and that's oh, kinda, was that's that the last good. episode of Kai? Uh, like, second to last episode or something? Oh, yeah, right, I remember right, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right, that did happen. And the, then, then I just remembered something, because uh, it's not in Kai, but in the original Z, there's the, uh, the Princess Snake episode. Uh, oh, where yeah. he's on Snake Way, and I think that maybe there is a scene where he is like bathing there, and like the women yeah. are like into him. They all want to like eat him alive, literally. Yeah, they're like the little praying mantises. They have to mate with him, and then they kill him. Because <laughs> then they get fed, and then they also get prego, and then they win in the end. <laughs> so yeah, they kind of have some snake Saiyan babies. <laughs> That'd be something. Yeah. Uh uh, anyway, Kenshin. I was going to talk about Kenshin a little bit, okay? Because uh, there, there is like the Christian arc there, but then also there's, the, and that has like white people in it, uh, and and there uh, is also the uh, the the Hot Springs episode, which mm-hmm. uh, Kaoru and uh, Misao are at the Hot Springs, and they're, you know, Misao was talking about how she likes Aoshi, and uh, Kaoru was talking about how she likes Kenshin, and then there's some, uh, there's this peeping Tom. And it, uh, it's some artist who thinks that Kaoru is the most beautiful thing and he has to paint her. And, uh, so Kenshin and Seno come barging in and, uh, they're, because the girls like notice this guy's peeping on them and then they have to like beat this guy off. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, the, the girl's like, Oh, you saw me naked. And then they get all red and throw stuff at them because that's what happens in anime. Yep. Gotta, and, gotta uh, keep that tradition rolling. Yeah. <laughs> and then he explains, well, I'm just an artist. I'm just looking for beauty. And then they kind of just like accept it. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> because I guess it's like considered okay to pose nude if there's an artist uh, there. He's like, it's his job to uh, paint naked women, which is a nice job, huh? Uh, but, uh, um, the dream. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was just thinking of there's like a Green Lantern comic where uh he's like paint he's like an artist and he's he's uh he invites some his model neighbor over to pose naked for him. Yeah. And then his girlfriend Wonder Girl shows up and she's all like, "How could you not tell me Green Lantern? Why didn't you?" <laughs> I was like, "This is code approved." But yeah, the comics code is kind of lean in the nineties. But uh, <laughs> I don't know why he was like, "You want to get in on this too?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cure the bounce <laughs> uh, Yeah. Uh, but, uh, anyway, there, there was, a, there was that episode, and then, like, the, this guy, uh, Sano tells him, like, oh, you have to fight Kenshin to, uh, to, to be with Kaoru, and then he's, like, following Kenshin around, uh, like, trying to lay traps for him, and just screwing up, and, like, Team Rocket style, falling in his own traps. Oh, man. But yeah, that was like this goofy one shot. Cause like after the, after the Christian arc, it kind of, uh, fell apart where there were a lot of kind of like stupid fillers like that. 
there's like a fake Batosai that's uh, pretending to be Kenshin, and uh, there's you know kind of generic uh, plots like that. But um, there there was also like this Chinese Feng Shui arc, and uh, that involved like people with magic powers, which felt like it was really stuck out because like the rest of the show was so realistic. But yeah. Like Shishio, he, he he can like have his sword catch on fire, but instead of it just being like magic, like bleach or something, it's it's like he's got the fat of victims that he's killed on it. Yeah, and so like when he sparks of, it, it's sort of like a, a, a stupid science behind why his blade's on fire. Like they, you can kind of like, well, it's flammable, so then he just coats it in it, and like it's no different than getting lighter lighter fluid on like a knife and doing the same thing. So like. You know, that's sort of passable. That can kind of work. That's, yeah. that's plausible. I mean, yeah. But they, they like, they really sell it because they've got that that really dramatic music that they're always playing. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, the fight scenes. Yeah. And then they, they show, like, the, the close-ups of the faces and it goes, like, black and white, like, Polaroid in a camera or something. Whenever there's, like, something really shocking that happens, they do, like, reaction shots of everyone mm-hmm. and, like, black and white and it so that i remember when they aired that on tsunami i was like man that's well i guess it's sbs but it was like pretty brutal because <laughs> and then shishio is like talking about going to hell and i think they even show him in hell and i think that i read on the tunes on forum trying to figure out what they did to edit that and they called it hades instead in the tsunami sbs version gotcha. but uh, but still like it was pretty dark compared to uh you know, like in Dragon Ball Z, they would say like, "Oh, they're going to the next dimension." They wouldn't like say yeah, that the villains yeah. are going to go to hell or something. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, they, I gotta and get, like I gotta, even in GT, they call it HFIL. Yeah, I gotta get through my uh, Kenshin recordings that I ha- that I had from Toonami long time. Like it's been like probably fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, right. it's yeah, sixteen years 15, since I started 16, on there yeah, this uh, I March. Get, I need to get that on uh, my spleen. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that because I only have a few episodes taped from uh, from SVS, and uh, yeah. and it was cool to see those again. But yeah, then I watched the whole thing on cut on Netflix, and uh, and and that was a good experience. And then I and then just recently I saw G Gundam, so I'm gonna do a little yeah. right stuff promo here. Yeah, Everybody buy a G Gundam from right yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got our. I got our. My, I haven't even opened my Blu-rays yet because I've been so involved in getting through Or Battler Dumbine. And I got about, I got about, um, I'm in the 30s right now. The okay. show was like 47 episodes, I think. So I'm in like the early 30s. So I've been keeping up with, mm-hmm. I've been doing about an episode of Dunbine, uh, about one a night. I haven't watched much in the past few days, but that's kind of like if I keep on that track, then I'll get Dunbine done. And if I can do you, a uh, review of it. You're watching the dub with Vic as the Irish guy? I right? am, yeah. <laughs> I, I've gotten so tone deaf to how Vic sounds, so it's, I don't even, it's not like it was kind of like ah Jesus like he doesn't sound that good but then it's kind of like well it's kind of like he does like I don't know like it doesn't it doesn't grate on my nerves so I don't really care. Don Behind is one of those shows like um, Zabungle or something maybe maybe it well, wasn't Zabungle maybe it was uh oh, there's another Tamino show where I uh, oh L game I accidentally skipped a bunch of episodes and I didn't even realize what I had done. 
um, <laughs> because the plot was so <laughs> confusing. They keep going back and forth to different worlds and stuff. And so I thought, well, you know, I guess he just suddenly shifted the tone or something. <laughs> I had, I had bought like this, uh, it said it was not a bootleg on eBay, but it was. Uh, <laughs> well, John, clearly you must have gotten ripped off. That was false advertising. If, cause you can tell, you can trust eBay sellers when they say it's not a bootleg, even though when they say they have all of Zeta Gundam and they have a box that has Gundam Seed Strike Gundam on it, you totally know it's a legit <laughs> copy that's not a bootleg. <laughs> Yeah, I miss those days on eBay where it's like, oh man, I want to get Zeta Gundam for like 10 bucks, and then it's like, have all the Zeta Gundam, but it's just like a giant cardboard of Gundam Seed. It's like, oh, this is a miss here. Yeah, they probably thought it would sell better if it had a picture of a newer Gundam on the cover. Well, I mean, they, I mean, you know, there's gullible dumb anime fans out there that would that bought it. So I mean, like, right. yeah, like if I was that desperate for a bootleg, I would have gotten it. But I was like, oh no, I can wait. So and then I finally got a copy of Zeta Gundam over the years. Right. Yeah. So I yeah I had that same experience with Mobile Suit and with uh, Dunbine, uh, but they had they had like these goofy like Chinese subtitles where they got like the names wrong and stuff. Oh, those are like great. on. Unlike the One Piece bootlegs that I bought at Hastings a long time ago, it was the same way. The names were, like, so off, and, oh, like, the grammar was so bad, I, I couldn't even watch them. Uh, so dude, I had to go to the dub on, so, these, on these Dunbine and Mobile Suit. So, um, well, what was it? I got a, uh, I got a bootleg, um, like, Pat Labor OVA DVD, and I, I can't give it up because of just how bad those subtitles are. Because a lot of people, like, they get the official ones, and then they throw those, the, the, the pirated ones away. Because they're like, oh, I'm not going to support these, like, triads or whatever that, like, my money's funding these groups. But at the same time, you're missing out on some quality crap on subtitle on subtitle work that you'll never find anywhere else. And it's like, I can't give up my, those Pat Labor sets that I got. Um, I, I can't. Like, I, I want to keep them because of just how bad they, those subtitles are. I have, like, this big fucking pile of One Piece bootlegs. <laughs> it's like I've only watched, like, one or two of them. Of these DVDs, but there are there are many of them, and I I don't, I don't know why I haven't gotten rid of them. Each time I move, I think like I need to get rid of this shit. It's just terrible. <laughs> but then I think well, I, I really enjoyed it when I watched it because it was so stupid. Because it was like you, you could barely understand what they're saying, and it was like just ridiculous. <laughs> and so I sometimes think, like, maybe I'll watch the rest of them just to see. Because I mean, the, the the reason I got them was it was like the period where. The only dub of One Piece that existed was the Four Kids dub. Mm. So, so they had like skipped these long arcs uh, where they were like they like turned this one arc into like they were they like went inside a whale, and in the Four Kids dub, they just like skated by an iceberg or something. Like they had, and they skipped like twenty episodes or something. So this was like the only way to see those episodes <laughs> uncut. <laughs> Well, let, uh, let me ask. There you. were fan subs or something, but I, you know, as I, as people have noticed here, I'm kind of like analog or something, where I like want to use the strategy guide. I want to watch the DVD. I don't want to go on the fucking internet. <laughs> Nerd. I mean, well, let me say this: when they skipped those episodes, did you really miss much? Well, the thing is, like, these are things that uh, there's like an art called Little Garden, where uh, okay. there's like some giants, and then they they come back like 200 episodes later. At like Eni's lobby, or or maybe they just talk about the giants there to other giants. Well, 
but like there there are things that like come up in one piece and then they get called back to later uh-huh. cuz like the whale uh that was that was uh he's called laboon yeah. and they talk about him in thriller bark yeah a lot so so like if you only saw like the four kids dub on Toonami, then like you're you're like missing things when they when they finally aired the uncut stuff on Toonami. so I'm glad I saw that stuff yeah and it was it was just entertaining cuz they I don't remember what they called Sanji, but it was like, it was like Gomez or something. Like, it's just like, you know, it's like, what the fuck? How did you get that out of it? It's like, even four kids didn't change the names that badly. <laughs> like, four kids changed it from like Zoro to Zolo, and people like lost their shit. <laughs> These were like none of the letters were even the same, and it's like it was totally different. not only are the letters not the same, but the nationality of the names aren't even the same. Yeah, <laughs> Sanji's pretty Japanese, and Gomez is totally not Japanese. They're yeah, like he must be some like European chef or something. <laughs> Maybe he's Spanish. <laughs> I mean, Spaniard. I can well. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if Gomez is a Spaniard name or a Spanish name. I think of it as like a Hispanic name, but maybe it's like mixed with like once they came in bred with the indigenous in Mexico or something. So, so what? Uh, his full name's like Juan Jesus Gomez or something. Yeah. See, <laughs> a <Sí>, Capitan <laughs> Luffy. Te gusta mi food, oh? <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Oh. Oh man! Um, oh, we're trying to get into uh, the G gun. Well, I think we kind of already. Did you? I think we covered G gun or whatever. I mean, we were reviewing. It. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, we you were trying to get into legs. it, and then I mentioned how I was watching Dunbine, and then we got into whatever we talked about for ten minutes. You're so, right. Yeah, we got into bootlegs and G uh, One Piece. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go back. Um, yeah, I just remember there's like this fake Sanji that shows up later in One Piece. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, because they drew his uh, his portrait badly on the uh, wanted poster. There's like some other guy that's been like everybody's been going after him and calling him Sanji. And I just remembered that like Josh was suggesting that they should get uh, David Moo to voice this guy when uh, when they got to those episodes on uh, on the animation dub because uh, David Moo he did the uh, the voice of of Sanji for the four kids dub One Piece. And I don't know if you've seen those episodes with Sanji. I I, I know like I, I know of them, yeah, because he's like a New Yorker. Like, yeah, he guy. sounds like uh, like Joey Wheeler on Dio, where he's yeah. like yeah. this like Bronx accent. He's like, yeah, oh, what are you looking at, you punk? You know, he's like sounds like he's about to put a cap in your ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ma said you better stop looking at me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Don't make me pull out my rubber knife on ya. I'll cook you for dinner, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. And he's like sucking on a lollipop while he does it, which is just hilarious. Yeah. There's like this one episode where he steals Zolo's sword. And he's like sharpening his lollipop with the blade. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> There's like a weird four kids at it. <laughs> oh, 
I wish that I wish that was the dub that we got for four kids. <laughs> I'm shopping my lollipop, son of a bitch. What, you got a problem with that? You got a gun? They need to do, like, an uncut version of it. Like, they tried to do an uncut Shaman King and Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, my God. And they, they didn't make it very far. <laughs> but they need to do one with One Piece where it's just, like, extremely profane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the guy is like literally a bartender in New York. <laughs> so I just imagine this is like how he talked to the customers. Like some guy calls up and they're like, "Hey, you ruined One Piece, man!" And he'd be like, "You want to fucking come in here and say that?" To my <laughs> oh, that's good. Because literally, people call him up and post like their conversation on YouTube. Of them just like hassling the guy because they're so mad about his accent in one piece. <laughs> this like, actually I, happened. It's like you know, he's just thinking, man. Twenty, like I've been. That was almost twenty years ago, and I'm still getting crap for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they like drove him out of the industry literally because they were so angry at him for this role. Oh my god! So gosh. he had to become a bartender. Well, now, well, now it's like you know, if they bring Jason, this Moo guy back to do the fake Sanji episodes, and like I think people are probably are now going to appreciate him for coming back because you know there's that weird nostalgia, like oh, and four kids, one piece really got me into one piece. I love that show. Like, weren't you the same stupid people that hated on him 15 years ago and harassed this guy? Like, you know, come on, like. Yeah, I remember when the Funimation dub started airing on Tsunami. Dap was like. I can't think of Sanji with anything but this New York accent. Like, it just doesn't sound right on this Funimation top. <laughs> and, like, objectively, it's probably better acting in the sense that it's, like, you know, closer to the script and he doesn't have this, like, distracting, exaggerated accent. But, the, like, the accent kind of, like, made it more interesting just because it was so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> but whenever you watch something with four kids, it's like you know they're from New York just because of the accents. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, anyway, but I didn't watch uh, G Gundam dubbed on, like, a one piece. Uh, I, I mean, I remember seeing it dubbed on uh, Tanami, and it it's uh, it, it, it yeah. is kind of, like, classic the way Domo says, this hand of mine burns with a flame, uh, I, tells me to defeat you, shining yeah. finger, and all that. Uh, but I, I felt like it would be what? almost more red-blooded to see it in Japanese and, like, hear uh, Timothy Crockett, like, swearing in English. And, and oh, there was I a lot of that. I have not seen that. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's good. All right, I gotta. Is that like the second episode where he swears in English? Yeah. Okay, I, I remember to put that second episode in, in English. Then it, it's it's like the uh, it's like the uh, Lieutenant Surge stuff in uh, in Pokemon, where in like the Japanese version, he's he's saying like shit and fuck, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if he says fuck, but <laughs> he says shit. Like when Raichu gets beat by Pikachu. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, CG had, like, a video clip of this up on his, uh, like, Daily Motion account or something. Mm. Uh, so m- maybe we can find it. But, uh, and, and, like, Sonic does that in the Japanese version of Sonic X. So I was like, okay, there's an American character. I know he's going to say shit and stuff like that. Because, <laughs> you know, Americans are full of it, and therefore they talk about it and say it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe these guys, like, grew up on, like, the people who... <laughs> Who who made like G Gundam? They grew up on like seeing like Die Hard or something like 
80s like r-rated profane <laughs> movies yeah and so they're like this is like the way americans are right they're like extremely well, okay like, no no I, okay i'll give it i'll give it i'll give it a bone to that area but i'll say like if you're from like the jersey uh massachusetts new york area where like swear words are both an ad an adverb and an adjective all in the same sentence because yeah. that's just normal for them yeah I mean, a, we have, a, I mean, we freaking have Daft. We have Daft on here all the time. Listen to how he talks. There's your answer. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a video of uh, Donald Trump talking to China, uh, and this is, I think, from like 2011 when he was like flirting with running uh, in uh, in 2012. And yeah, yeah. End up doing it. But he says something like, uh, uh, "If you ever deal with us badly on trade, we'll put a tariff on you, you motherfucker." <laughs> like, Didn't that video get released or something? I, I thought there was something recently, like he said he said that or something. Like somebody posted up. I don't know. If oh no! Somebody up. somebody called him a motherfucker. Oh okay. It's the uh, it's the the Muslim woman that uh, just got elected to Congress. She 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 said we're going to impeach the motherfucker. Oh man! And then Trump was like taking offense to it, and he was like. Uh, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? And uh, <laughs> this is the New York accent episode. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, and then people dredged up the old clip of him uh, saying that to China, and were like, "You're a hypocrite. You, you say the same stuff." Ah, eh, whatever. It's all equally mudslinging. Yeah, I, I don't blame him for attacking her, <laughs> and, and nobody expects him to be perfectly consistent. No, or be perfectly civil about it either <laughs> right i mean he's gonna fight back when somebody says something like that against them yeah so wait, did you watch all of g gundam yeah i did and and now i'm on wing uh i'm on like episode 11 of wing but uh but yeah i, I watched all of it and uh i had only seen the first um third to a half because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think I really saw much of it on uh, on weekdays. Maybe from time to time I would see some, but I, I only really watched it religiously when it was on um, SVS and uh, and maybe Super Saturdays too, which was uh, before SVS. They had uh, Toonami on in the afternoon on Saturdays, and they would have uh, Boo Saga of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Uh, they would have Dragon Ball, and they would have G Gundam and Transformers and He Man and Dot Hack. So I think I saw. I think I saw some of it on there, but I actually don't remember, like, episodes 18 to 24. The last one that I remembered seeing was the, the one where he's training with uh, with the ninja in the forest. Oh, Schwarzbrewer? Uh, Schwarzbrewer, right. A.K.A. Yeah, he's Black like, br- Brother? Yeah, yeah, I looked up what it meant. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he's, like, he's Domon's, uh, spoiler alert, his, like, android brother who split from the I, other I am pretty brother. sure I we have already spoiled I spoiled G Gundam when we did a review of it like what five like six years ago at this point right but if people yeah. haven't heard that <clears throat> yeah if you're I just now probably, coming into it yeah yeah we've probably mentioned that before uh, but yeah they, they they had him and uh Domon like training right after uh, right after it was revealed that Master Asia was evil and yeah working uh, for the Dark Gundam yeah. Or the Devil Gundam. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had always been, like, with that intention, I'd always been thinking, like, I need to see this again, and I need to see it in full. Yeah. Because I really yeah. enjoyed it, but then, like, they just cut it off when they were airing on Saturdays without airing all the episodes. Because I don't know why, but SVS, they removed it, and they put on, like, 
an extra hour of the same Justice League episodes. So th- that was kind of unfortunate that they did that. Uh, they would have like Justice League on at like 10 to 11 and then again from like 2 to 3 and it would be just like a, a rerun of the same episode. So I was like, I was just in the middle of watching the show and then they they took it off for repeats. But anyway, um, yeah, then the second half of the the show is a, uh, is like this, you know, finals tournament. Yeah. So I, that was all new to me and, uh, you know, eighteen to twenty-four, they're pretty much just training, which was not as exciting. But then, when they get to the uh, the, the finals tournament, uh, you have all these crazy Gundams, like the Windmill Gundam. Yeah. Which I did not know about this Gundam, but they, this Neo Holland, they have like their whole colony in outer space. They show it like during the final battle where they're fighting against Double Gundam. The whole colony is just like the entire asteroid is just covered with Windmill Gundams, and they're in outer space. There's no wind. <laughs> So they're all just sitting there. And it's John, like, do people just live John, inside these Gundams? John, 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 you're questioning the logic of G Gundam. Exactly. Yeah, you can't, That's just you the can't logic of G Gundam. It. it just looks just cool don't because it's do from it. that You're country. ruining the magic of G Gundam. <laughs> no, like, I remember, uh, the only thing I, remember, I know about that is the fact that they, I, those were the toys, they had the, the Holland or the Windmill Gundam. I know they sold. They made toys of that? Yes. I believe so. I believe they had it. There was. I remember there was one spe- particular toy that Toys R Us could not. Sell, no retail store could not sell because no kid wanted it. And I believe that was it. Because I remember. <laughs> I remember everything else was gone, and they would just sit there and collect dust for like months. <laughs> I, I kid you not. I, I I know this because I didn't want the dumb thing. So <laughs> I'd rather, yeah. So they like of all the action figures, and it was like a twelve inch figure or six inch or whatever, like in this like half circular like cone shaped box, kind of like of those old um, like they used to sell Evangelion figures about the same way that you can only find at like either Suncoast or um, EB Games when that existed. And uh, but you know that's how they had those toys marketed, and I'm pretty sure they're like stockpiled in a warehouse somewhere that are like people desperately want because they're sealed American Gundam toys, and. Yeah, nobody wanted them. Al Gore should just like buy up all of those old toys and like just distribute them with his next remake of An Inconvenient Truth. Oh my god! And just say like, this is going to be the new way that we're going to power our, our economy. We're going to have Gundams <laughs> and we're going to have windmills on them, and we're going to put them in space. Oh my god! We're going to collect solar wind, and oh, it's going to give us power. Oh my god! <sighs> And then it would probably do better than that more, most recent remake of it that he did. Wait, he did a remake of Inconvenient Truth? or? Yeah, there was just a year or two ago. I think he made like a sequel to it or something like that. I didn't see it. Uh, but I, I, I didn't, hearing, I didn't like, even know about it until you just said it just now. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things like uh, like Michael Moore. He tried to like recapture like Fahrenheit 9-11 by putting on a movie called Fahrenheit 11-9. Yeah, about the, uh, the, the Flint, Michigan thing. Yeah. No, and I think maybe eleven no, no, nine no, no, is a no, reference no, 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 to the day no, no, after Flint? the election. Okay, no, yeah, eleven nine is about the Trump election. Which I but don't there know is why. Flint stuff too. Yeah, he did the Flint one, which probably sounds more interesting than him trying to redo the eleven nine. Whatever, it's Michael Moore. Well, it's it's literally the same movie. Like he was originally going to make it be about the Flint thing, so he was like filming that, but that happened during the election, and so you had these election related incidents to it where like Jeb would be like. You're doing a heck of a job up there with the water. And he was like totally sincere and he was like praising the governor Snyder. 
and it, and it was like this big campaign blunder because he's like praising this guy who has poison water in his state. <laughs> yeah. And and Donald would be like, "Jeb, you're an idiot." <laughs> anyway, but uh, but yeah. So then it kind of you know he got distracted by the Donald Trump thing, and so like half the movie is like him exposing these corrupt officials up there in Michigan who didn't care about the water, and then he got sidetracked onto like you know. Why Trump the Republicans is literally the Hitler and that kind of stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, then he had to try to, you know, pivot to that. And so it, anyway, I don't think it did very well. I think people are tired of <laughs> political documentaries. And Michael Moore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, anyway, to go back to G Gundam, there's also, there's also like a boat Gundam. There's like yeah. a Viking Gundam. The Viking Gundam, yes. From like Neo Norway or something, or like uh, Iceland or Greenland or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the countries up there, another Scandinavian country, is they have a mermaid Gundam. Yeah, that that may be. You know, Netherlands okay. or something. I don't know Denmark or whatever. Okay, I, it was either. So I might be wrong in the windmill Gundam toy. It might have been the mermaid gun. It was either the mer the mermaid Gundam or the windmill Gundam that didn't sell. It was one of those. Because I thought yeah. I know for sure. I, I think I remember seeing the the Mermaid Gundam too, and again, nobody bought it. Right. Uh, so the the Gundam pilot to that, I couldn't tell you his name, uh, but he's in the episode, I guess. But but they spend the majority of the episode with Sai Saishi and this uh, this girl that's like the Mermaid Gundam pilot's sister, and so she's like helping Sai Saishi yeah. cook, and then she'd be like. Uh, Sends yeah, he, him a photograph of herself at the, at the end or something because she has to leave after she defeats her brother. Yeah, I remember him cooking for somebody because he was yeah. such a nice kid, aka wants to get wants to hit, get some of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just remembered um, when Sai Sai she takes Domon to the wall and makes the OK hand sign. Oh. I was thinking like this would this wouldn't be able to air on Tsunami now. They would say that this is a Sai Sai Shi is promoting white nationalism or something like Even though he's freaking Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> or um I don't know, Malaysian or whatever the heck. <laughs> yeah, he he is Chinese. Uh Tibet Tibetan or Mongol I don't know what <laughs> Well, Tibet is a part of China. Well, I, they wouldn't acknowledge this in Tibet, but I mean, mm. they, they've been conquered by China. That's why the Dalai Lama is not in Tibet. They have to flee because of, uh, you know, Chinese rule. But they have all these monks there that are, uh, like, like Buddhist monks that look like the Dalai Lama. And they're yeah. always like, uh, crying and holding hands together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah I remember. They, they have some saying that they're always saying, like, is this the fate of our great revival of our temple or something like this? They're, they're always like saying that whenever Sai Sai Shi does something stupid. Like, um, when Sai Sai Shi like jumps down, uh, into the waterfall and like flips up Rain's panties. Like that was, uh, and then Domon blushes and. Well, they definitely like, didn't show that on Toonami, I can tell you that. That was something that got ahead on Toonami, that's yeah, right. Yeah, clearly. And they even did a flashback to it in a later episode when, like, uh, Domon is thinking, like, Sai Sai Shi, you were such a valuable friend to me, or something like that. 
And then it shows that's like the biggest and like first flashback he has. Like that's the most grateful he is to Sai Saishi. That's like he's like, You let me see my girlfriend's panties. You're so sweet, Sai Saishi. <laughs> Because, like, other than that, it's actually kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and then there's, like, this um, Russian Gundam pilot that he gets defeated in, like, an instant, I think, by Allenby. And so she's the new um, character, and she's kind of like uh, Four from Zeta Gundam. Yeah, just the uh, yeah. blue hair, kind of a cyber new type type mm-hmm. thing where uh, she's being controlled by other people all the time and they make her stronger but evil. Yeah. But like it's otherwise... The pa- it's the powers of the of the devil Gundam or, or something like that that possesses her. Yeah. And... They have some machine that, that that they're using at first and then the devil Gundam takes her over, yeah, later on uh, on the island. Um... Well, maybe even before that, but yeah, she she's always like fighting Domon and uh, training with him, and then Rain gets kind of jealous of it, and so she defects over to uh, Neo Germany. Yeah, she fights alongside the... Schwartz Brewer, and she's got the same yeah. outfit. Yeah, she has like the mask on. Yeah, she's got the mask on, but she's got like the, the three gigantic bangs hanging out, like you can't tell it's Rain. <laughs> right, like <laughs> you're gonna think that's Schwartz Brewer, like when he's got boobs, you know? Like I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Bruce got a sister that looks like Rain's hair, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she's she during the fight with Zomon and uh, Bruder, she helps him out and tells him like the secret to getting his Gundam working again. And so then she goes back to him, but then uh, again she runs away after uh, after they defeat the double Gundam mm-hmm. in space. Uh, she goes off, and then she gets like turned into a robot or something. Well, she joins carbonite. Yeah, well, she frees. She she joins in with the Devil Gundam, and then Domon has to rescue her, and then he confesses his love to her, which is that's all she needed to bust out her her carbon freezing to dive into his arms in the most romantic, just spectacular, fantastic scene in, in an anime I've ever seen. And then they defeat the Devil Gundam by launching a giant King of Heart thing that was a, a, a an old, like, grizzly dude going, diving right into it, carving the outline of the heart into the Devil Gundam, and then that's how they save the day. It yeah. is fa- it's the best ending I can think of to an anime that I've seen. Uh, Alan B. Uh, shows up in Domon's mind, like, when he's struggling with confessing to her, and she's like, uh, do it, Domon, uh, uh, I wouldn't love you if you weren't true to yourself or something like that. And uh, so yeah. then uh, Domon tells Spain that uh, he loves her and then mm-hmm. uh, she bursts free and uh, she's naked. And then, the, but you know, there are no nipples or anything, which I was kind of surprised yeah, they, by. They didn't, put, they didn't put any detail on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like other shows, like right before this was Victory Gundam, which I think was more explicit, like in that bathtub scene where uh, the kid gets yeah, we always captured freaking- by Zanskir. Yeah, we always bring up the the bathtub scene, so it's, it's kind right. of easy to point out. Yeah, I mean, and the bikini girls with the uh, rocket yeah. launchers was that? Yeah, <laughs> that was in there as well. <laughs> Although I guess that was not quite as explicit. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this this was a great show, uh, G Gundam. I think it's probably the best Gundam, don't you? I'm kind of I'm kind of holding off on my done buying 
review until I see all of it. Um, <laughs> man, that show gets... Uh, to me, it was like, it got really just... I, I realized, I think, about 10 episodes in, or, fi- or about roughly 10 episodes, I was like, okay, this is just a gun... It's a total Gundam clone. Because the power of the aura... The power of the aura, the power of the aura battlers is just like basically having new type powers. And so there's also the Tamina thing about how women and mothers are just evil, wicked people that backstab the main character or any guy uh, somewhat. And then what was interesting is there was the so apparently there's a thing where like the aura powers can like transport show to Earth when like they're high enough. And so it's him and this one girl that, that was like a, a protagonist for a, a while or antagonist. Um, <clears throat> and because their aura power about our weapons are more effective, you know, like, like a missile will be like half the power of an atomic bomb. And, and so they want to blow it up like half a Tokyo or whatever in, in a battle. But when show lands, like his mother does not believe it's him instantly. And his fa- and then like the father is such a pussy. That like he's he can't get on his wife or smack around like that is our son get over yourself, he just kind of like oh what what do you mean like you know it's our son I believe he's our son like she's like well don't you say he's an alien or something and so she's going like off her rocker and <laughs> but the thing was it was like a, a you know show crash lands right back at his house and there's a, a TV report of like because the, there's another battler there that's the antagonist chick for a while and. <laughs> The TV reporter is like, this is happening now. This is not an anime or whatever. And I just had a laugh. I was like, wait, did I hear that right? Anime Janai. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now they're I'm part of the show again where, like, these, like, these, uh, I don't this these women or whatever, they, like, can, like, they're like this, like, I, I don't know how to describe them, but they basically can use their powers that or like, the soul overseers of the of Dunbine and they transport all these like weaponized machines of the battlers the battleships all to earth to get it out of uh Dunbine or yeah Dunbine so then the earth can replenish itself or something and so that's kind of where I'm at now where like all the uh, forces between Drake's army and um the Zalana and then like another uh, King Foison or something or like all on earth trying to regroup together and and fight um the the uh, the the bad kings. I've said his name a second ago. I can't remember what it was, but um, King Poison or Poison. I think King Poison's. The, I can't remember. But anyways, they're all trying to regroup on Earth again, and uh, they're trying to avoid like the military. And of course, their weapons are totally ineffective. But people have this thing where like because of what happened with show earlier, then like they they like one of the characters is a guy from like Boston who crash lands at his house. It was like a military test pilot. And he sees his old high school buddies or something that are cops. And they're like, yeah, it's me. And they're like, no, we think you're an alien, dude. Like, you need to just, like, come quietly. And they draw his gun on him without, like... It's just... It's so stupid. Like, like it's better, like... It made sort of more sense on them fighting on Dunbine. And when they come to Earth, like, you know, they, they can't be trusted or anything. And, uh... I think that, like... Oh, no, there was one thing where, like, there's the... Uh, the like, there's Fener- these little fairies called Fenerines... Which is like the little like uh, cute um, ah shoot. Um, they have those in a lot of Shamino things. I think it's in like um, the bungle as well. I think they're fairies. Okay, well no, the the Fren- the Fenerine yeah. are like a mascot character in the show, at least for show. Yeah, and uh, she. 
because like since they left and came back, like uh, the Fiendering character sees that like people are making like bootleg resin kits of her, and then she looks at it and she's like, "This doesn't even look like me," and she knocks it over. And then, like, within, like, a conversation within a minute, she's, like, wanting to snuggle with it and hold it and stuff. And she's like, no, it's really cute now. I like it. It's <laughs> just, like, <laughs> I, I was like, this show is so ridiculous. But, um. Yeah, those characters are always unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, she just, she's just, she's, like that in she's, well. she's there like to just, she's there to wail on show to wake up and not fall asleep. And, like, he just gets right. pissed off and, like, flicks her away like a fly. And like she, she tries to be helpful by lifting like one or two bullets, and like you know they're they're way three times more than her little like female fairy body can handle. So she's always grunting, like picking up a plate or a fork or something, because she only weighs like you know half a pound, if yeah. that. You know, it's just it's just a comedic relief in the show. Um, it's just cute. That's all it really is. That's all she's there for is to look cute. Like, she has, like, these, she makes her a little battle armor, and she's like, I'm ready for battle show. We can take these guys. And then, and then <laughs> like, she doesn't, sir, she's sort of like a, a, a semi-navigator for show. Like, he's got all these screens up, and he's just, like, halfway, like, falls asleep, and she's like, yeah, just, just tell me, you know, like, when, uh, you see something on the screen. And then, of course, she's, like, looking at, like, a three monitors in the dumb or whatever, doing all the work for him. So... <laughs> That's that's been done by so far, um, yeah. It's uh, it's so far it's been like it's been pretty good. So like I can't I can't. It's definitely like Tomino toned down, but it's also like parts of Tomino from Mobile Suit Gundam coming in because of how like mothers are especially treated. And uh, well, there's also the fact that um, Neil, aka Vic Minaga's character, like backhands his girl, like this girl that he loves because she met like because she doesn't know how to fight and was trying to, and she's wound up getting in the way, but she was prepared to take the punishment because she wanted to be part of the team. So he just decks her right across the face and she cries about it because that's just how it's done. It's the bright, because Neil's the captain bright of the show. Uh, I think well, Fa Yuri is uh, a girl named Marvel frozen. Um, no, I think she's actually the sailor. Uh, Fa is this other girl that's like, looks like she's Indian or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely talk about more about Dunbine when I finish the whole series. And that would be one part of our two-parter of our Tomita versus Takahashi because we're bringing it back, baby. So I'm, I'm in the process of getting Dunbine finished. Yeah. Um, m- maybe I'm only thinking of G Gundam, but I, I feel like there's a character in... in well, uh, Chibity Crockett definitely does this to Domon, but I feel like there was a character in, um, in uh, Dunbine... Maybe, uh, the, maybe Vic's character, who just calls the main character Japanese all the time. No, 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 no. So that's the, uh, the blonde guy that came with show, the guy from Massachusetts, and then, like, shows it's like, you know, you raise his backwater hick or something when, like, when this main uh, okay. guy is, like, from Boston or something. So it's backwards. He's actually, <laughs> he's actually not, you know, based on what Daff says about Boston people, how they're totally racist, too. It kind of makes <laughs> sense. So, cause that's just Northerners, according to Daff. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right. Well, Daft will will privately say stuff like, "I'm glad I don't live in the South because there are too many blacks there," or something like that. That's such a northern response, right? He'll just like he totally exercises his white privilege, yeah. And he'll be like, "I acknowledge I'm in favor of immigration because I live in an area where there are no, and I'm a finance major and I make a lot of money off this because it's my job to process these people." Yeah, to make sure like 
immigrants stay the heck out of this country, but then again, if they're legal, then he's like, all right, I got to process them, I guess. So, right, he's like, oh, I'm gonna keep the brown people out of this country. That's what he said when he was getting the job, <laughs> and, and, then he, and then he gets the job, and he's like, wait, I'm just like approving child brides. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, good good way to see the financial grief was a good use. <laughs> I, at least for me, like I'm, I'm pursuing. So the, like I was trying to do the insurance job a couple months ago. That fell through. Uh, so right now I'm working on trying to be a teacher for my school district. So that's I'm waiting to hear back from the Department of Education. So we'll just kind of see how that goes. So, so right now my main income is substitute teaching, which isn't a whole lot, but it does squeak me by on paying um, student loan bills and some other expenses. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. But I'm. You know, I, that's just for where I feel like I'm, I where I need to be. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Can you hear the birds screaming? Yeah, our mascot's back. Yeah. I was like, oh, is that thing didn't die yet? Oh, all right. No. <laughs> uh, um, the yeah. cockatoo has a longer lifespan than the human being. They can live to 120. Why? Why should they? I don't know. So the cockatoo is going to, like, if you guys die, it's going to just start picking off your corpse bodies to keep living longer. Is what you're telling me. The cockatoos are older than I am. But, yeah, uh, maybe they will outlive me and uh, feast upon my flesh like a vulture. Well, I mean, at least you're contributing to the, 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 the... the circle of life, so mm-hmm. some flying buzzard of an animal with wings has to pick off your flesh before the buzzards get to you. So, right. I hope that's not anytime soon. That's all I'm saying. So, okay, this is going to be like played at my funeral. They're going to be like, and now we are going to display the cockatoos as they feast upon his corpse. <laughs> just release like, a whole cage of cockatoos, and they're just like, rather just cover over your casket and just. Eat you. They're like screaming at the top of their lungs, and like everyone runs out of the building. Oh, and I'll tell your parents this is why I did not want to be in charge of John's funeral. Do not put me to this. <laughs> well, so if you don't write it in your will, it's not going to happen. So then you're fine. So if, if, there's no way it's going to happen. So we can keep that sick fantasy to us and to anyone who listens to this podcast. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it, it's late. Um. We didn't even get into closing okay. remarks territory. I'm, 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 I'm right. actually pretty good. We can just keep, save closing remarks to another recording. So, yeah, because more stuff is bound to happen. Oh, Christian just locked his account on Twitter. Oh, like locked himself out, or like locked other people from joining him. Uh, he made it so that you have to follow him in order to uh, see his tweets. Okay, well, our podcast does follow him, so he hasn't kicked me off of there yet. Because, again, he yeah. doesn't realize who, well, you know, that we talk about him about every episode, so. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly read his most recent tweets here, because I hadn't seen these now, until now. This is a good day, everyone. I have just heard through the va- grapevine that apparently one who shall be known as Kibo has also blocked me. I never knew of this Kibo at all before today, so why do you care that he blocked Also, others also blocking me... <clears throat> who I had also never heard of before. This is only a minor shock to me. Well, why would you be shocked that people you don't know of have blocked you? Why would it, how, how would you know 
future. Uh, but this does make me believe that other individuals may be blocking me for the sake of riding on the trend and meme of blocking me. Oh, gosh. It's a meme to block you and possibly making up stories of being harassed by the bugbears who continue to stalk and follow me. This guy's delusional. Uh, Even white knights going on asking these complete strangers to unblock me. I see through this charade and I find it most distasteful if everyone blocked everyone else in the entire world just for the attention. Those were all capitalized every word in that sense. Then each individual of this whole world would really be all alone on Twitter. And then there's an image of Silver the Hedgehog from Sonic 06 (laughs) standing there waving his fist. Uh, Therefore, I feel it's very much advised to voice discouragement towards this trend and meme. Never block anyone for the intention of attention-grabbing and wanting. It is simply not good at all. And that was in all half to the exclamation point. Twitter support, please make note of this trend and meme. So he wants Twitter support to come in and block people from blocking him. Like, everyone has to follow him. Or else you're violating his civil rights as a trans woman. Oh my gosh. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why. If he's upset about people blocking him, and then he locks his account. Like, that's going to restrict the number of people who can see his tweets even more than people blocking him. That too. <laughs> but he did say he was going to have to do this, so... Uh, because he thinks that the trolls are causing people to block him and not the fact that everybody just hates him because they know that he has, like, a long criminal record and that he's insane. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's even, even if he didn't have that stuff, just the stuff that he says, it's like, I don't blame them for blocking him at all. Right, I mean, he's just doing a nice guy routine to these random brony girls to try to get them to become, like, his sixth wife after Mewtwo and, like, five fictional hedgehogs. Yeah. Well, what was it? He mentioned that, like, he's never harmed anyone ever in his life, and it's just like... Oh, he talks about... He did that whole video about it, and it was like, oh, I've never done harm to anyone. It's like, wait, hold up. But if you bring up his past, he's like, no, that's old news. That doesn't count. That's not... That's, like, not canon to him. Like, in his new Chris Chan arc, because that's in the past, that should never count at all. And that's not how it works. Um, and I was just like, well, gee, what about you running over Zack Snyder, or you macing the person in GameStop? Um, <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, how many times has he, uh, has he gotten arrested for fighting the cops? Or, uh, <laughs> or, or just like, harassing people at stores or trespassing or solicitation with his weird creepy signs or <laughs> yeah I, it's it's a, it's a number between one and a whole lot <laughs> yeah probably at least a double digit number it's yeah it'll be in the double digits the for a good while i think so we'll see He's got all these debt problems, and he thinks that he's going to get money from the next dimension. Uh, he released this comic where it was like his his alter ego Magi Chan talking to uh, talking to some sort of uh, 
wolf character just called Wolf. I don't, I don't even know who this is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But it's like the least original DeviantArt furry character ever. Uh, but <laughs> the the wolf character just stands there and says, Indeed, as Magic Chan, he posts like a whole page, which is just one word balloon, of just ranting about people well, blocking him on not, Twitter. They're not comics anymore, they're light novels. <laughs> yeah, that's what Josh said about <laughs> Like there's no action occurring at all. It's just Guardian Hedgehog ranting about his Twitter problems. Gosh. <laughs> and he's reading it like this involves the dimensions merging and like you people are, are going to destroy the world by blocking him on Twitter prevents the the, the universe's plan. Keep blocking him fulfilled. on Twitter so then it never happens. Like it ever was going to in the first place, so uh, there was also uh, one last thing for closing remarks a Timbox incident where some troll on Cow uh, was attempting to um, oh, gosh. steal his identity or something. So they claimed they had guessed all of his passwords and that they were going to delete everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was some sort of like game of chicken with Timbox, like delete everything or will delete everything. Uh, where they were also saying, like, well, maybe we'll use this as evidence to report him to the police. And, uh, and Josh was, like, posting on there trying to persuade them to not uh, report it to the police or not delete it or anything. Yeah. And they consider him to be a, that they call him a T-log, which they, they tried to change this guy A-log's name, <laughs> which is some troll of Chris Chan's. And they yeah. tried to make it into an insult to Josh. Uh, just by changing the A to a T because of Timbox, I guess. And, and then, and then, and then Josh posted on there like, this insult doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm not saying I want Timbox to die, which is what Alog says about Christian. Yeah. And then, and then they were like, oh, he invented this term T-Log, and then they put this on Timbox's uh, encyclopedia dramatic page under like, Timbox White Knights, and claimed that, uh, that, that Josh came up with this term when this was a term they were using to attack Josh. Well, they, yeah, they've said it. There's more evidence to condemn them than Josh. So. And then Josh tried to delete this from ED, and I think they banned him from ED because he tried to protect himself. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, I don't blame them because I banned ED when they tried to take over the Timbox wiki. Yeah, you did, you did to one person that was trying to take over the, the Timbox wiki. Right, but it was like somebody posting like in the same style as the ED page. And I was just like, I don't want this yeah, style. Yeah, I, I remember showing the screen cap of that. Um, yes, I know, if you're the I know person, Josh, I gave you the reason of saying ED tier shit posting, and I deleted it, and I banned you. Sorry. Well, <laughs> we know that Achan has posted links to our podcast before, so maybe they'll see them. Well, they've only did it like that one time. They're like, oh, these guys just discovered Timbox, and you're like, I guess, like you guys clearly don't know how podcasting works, where we post up an audio, you listen to it, we even, we even make it as simple as possible. We'll put time codes on our show notes on the website that you have posted up on, on, on you know, HN. And in that time frame, we're going to talk about Timbox. It's right there. And when you listen to it with your ears, one or two, you're going to figure out that we've known Timbox for a very, 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 very long time, longer than you guys have. And the evidence right. is right there. So there you go. That's how podcasting works. That's how gathering information. How are these guys passing school? <laughs> so. Right. 
Yeah, these guys, they don't have any reading comprehension. They think Tim Vox is the Anytown guy. And they think that, like, everybody who posts in the thread is Josh. They're, like, paranoid about him. Oh, my god! And they're accusing random people of being Josh. Like, if they don't go along with whatever crazy scheme they have to, like, wreck Tim Vox's life, they must be Josh or something. Like, he's made himself, like, well, their they enemy. Well, they don't know it's Josh. It's this, uh, it's this Gibbs Harami or Hami name or something, so... Yes, that's like his persona or something. Yeah, so like they don't know about you know his actual like real name or his. Uh... Anyways, but... okay, we won't mention his last name here. But, no, uh... no, I, I wasn't going to either. But I wasn't going to mention this full other uh, username we've known about for years. So, but we've. But I mean, out... Josh will post stuff like I've known about this guy for a long time, and like he'll mention that kind of thing. So I think people. Yeah. Of get the idea. You, you think like they should know that he's like not just some guy who is like IRL friends with Tim Box or whatever. I don't like. I don't even know what they think he's doing. That's stopping them from throwing Tim Box. Like, why does he bother them so much? But they had to add him to the easy page, attacking the thread constantly. Yeah. Well, I wonder how Josh is doing with the whole archival project of Tim Box stuff. Right, because Josh and I set up like the Timbox wiki, which has all this information about Timbox, and like, what are these trolls doing? They're like, they're just like harassing Timbox over Ashi or whatever. Yeah. Like, if they care about the Timbox stuff, they would participate in the wiki in a way that's not just like low quality shit posting. Well, I like, mean, like, it's, it's the same way as like contributing to the wiki is the same way people are contributing to Christian's wiki. It's just a, right. it's just a historical document, like it's. That's what what we want it to be. We want it to be a high quality thing, like the cookie. We don't want it to be like some like low quality ED page put together by some idiots from town. But that's all they know is low quality is making the ED page. That's their whole freaking world is ED. I mean, yeah. But I mean, like Chris Chan's wiki came out from ED, so where it's just like an account of everything, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's just it it's at face. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, our, uh, we mainly description of, of the video and like a transcript of it and a link to it but um, what Josh is doing now is he's he's like downloading the videos and I think maybe he'll directly upload them to the wiki so that we have like a backup video link in case the uh, Tempbox videos get deleted from YouTube that's or tr- something yeah, more that's true or DMCA or whatever because he sometimes includes like audio from or video from some, some copyrighted thing yeah Okay, so I guess uh, that that pretty much covers the Timbox thing. They thought they thought they had him hacked, or they they claimed they had him hacked, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And then they admitted they were just lying. And uh, but but that spurred Josh to download a bunch of this stuff, and so I guess it all worked out. He downloaded every one of Timbox's tweets. Man, he like scrolled to the bottom of his thousands of tweets, or however many there are, and then he like saved that as a PDF on Google Chrome or something like that. So, I don't know if he's going to upload all those to the Timbox wiki. That would be kind of difficult. I, I think that's too time consuming for him. Uh, that is that <laughs> is his, that is his project, man. I I, I want no like p- power to to Josh on that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think he might just focus on the videos and and not do anything with the tweets because it's there's just I don't know how many there are, but it's going to be too many. Yeah. 
Oh man, it's all, it's like eleven thirty. So, okay. yeah, I, I know I know there's like a lot of stuff that happened between the government shutdown and some other stupid crap in, the, in politics, but that's never yeah, ending. Do and I don't I don't want to get into it. Yeah, there's there's no point. Maybe next time uh, there'll be a state of the union or something. But uh, well, whenever that, now, whenever that may happen, because it's been delayed according to Pelosi, but we don't know. We don't yeah, know. We, yeah. And it's going to happen part. eventually. It's just going to happen. So maybe we'll time a recording when the when the State of the Union yeah, comes out. Indeed. So we can do a podcast State of the Union and say how we didn't achieve anything that we did last year, except maybe one or two things. We so. can just put like uh, the same thing that we did last year to like gun run for the Union again. Here's our promises. Um, they're still the same. Well, we're, we're, I'm a clo- I'm real, I'm close. I'm working on achieving the Tomino versus Takahashi recording. Like I'm watching Dunbine. Right. Yeah. So that that worked out. That's working out for itself. Um, yeah, and there are other things that we haven't done. Elgin, have we? What? You haven't seen Elgin, have you? L game. Yeah, Elgin. We, L game. Right. Yeah, we reviewed that. That was like one of our first episodes. Okay. That's how long it's been. Did you only see the OVA? Yeah, I've only seen the OVAs. I haven't seen the TV okay. series. Well, I remember we did like a Zabungle. Yeah, a Zabungle came next. Okay. Like so, it was L Game and SPT Lesnar, and then I believe it was. Oh shoot! It was something, and and I think it might have been L Game and Blue Gender. Okay. And then it might have right, been Zabungle and, and SPT Lesnar, and then we did. Oh man, <laughs> it's just been so long. It's on. It's in our. It's in our show notes. All right. Um, At the time, they hadn't done the full SPT Lasner subtitled, so we we saw like the OVAs for this. Yeah, well, I saw the, the OVAs to, fin- to finish it up. Yeah, because it had up until like I think it was sometime after. Um, oh, shoot, it was M Subs and um, that other group uh, X Nebula that they were the ones that finished up the Lasner TV series. Right, but they had only been out. Like episode twenty four or something like that at the time. Right. Yes. So. Exactly. And then we recovered. Then we watched the last OVA. But then, like the TV series and the OVA are two different endings because uh, the yeah. OVA feels more complete. I'm trying to wrap everything up. Uh, I still have the the later episodes downloaded, but I, I've just been oh same them. here. I just haven't bothered to watch them and, since we. I feel like that's about like a shorter thing to watch to pair with Dunbar or something. I, I guess. We, yeah, we can probably. I can probably just make that as like a part two review of of, of Leisner and just be like, hey, here's the tacked on version of the TV series, and either use that for a review. <laughs> show. We're just gonna do like rerun reviews here, <laughs> like G Gundam, Gundam Wing, Leisner. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's fine though because we can like find new things to talk about with them, and it's been so yeah, long. Well then, well, then I'm gonna get because I last year when we talked about Gundam Wing, like it was just all my perspective and opinion because you didn't see it all yet. Right. I mean, I had four. I mean, I have the opinions of it that I have before. Uh, so maybe I don't have that much to say about it. I don't know. I mean, it's just, some of it really is confusing. You ha- I, I, like I said this in the review last year, like, this is how the universe works. And what you're just observing how this world operates and how they do things. And no, it does not make any logical sense, but this is how the show functions. This is how the world and Gundam Wing has to operate to get things done. You, and if you try to, if you can't, yeah, there's no logical way to try to make it make sense to today's, like how things would be done logically better today, because that's not how Gundam Wing works. So that you have to take it, you have to just observe what it is for the mess that it is. 
and either hate it or enjoy it. Like, whereas I enjoyed it, so it was good seeing it again after all those years, like 18 years later. For Lena, she just drives me crazy. It's like, yeah. what is she doing? Like, she, she goes out to the, the ocean and she yells, Hero, come and kill me! Like, who does that? Yeah. What's wrong with this girl? <laughs> she's like this absolute pacifist, but then in the latest episode, she was like shooting at Lady Oom. They also achieve total pacifism. That's that's how the show's logic works, John. I know. You're questioning too much. I, I mean, I warned you about that with with these Gundam shows. <laughs> you don't think about that. <laughs> and you then can't. you can enjoy. <laughs> 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 music alone it makes it enjoyable to me. Even Although the sound, like I mean, the soundtrack sense. to Gundam Wing is fantastic. I love that soundtrack. Right. That's like the good thing about Gundam Wing is that soundtrack. Right. Oh, I don't even know if it... Just okay. enjoy the robot battles and the music and don't think about what's happening. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> don't try to make sense of the politics. Exactly. All right. Well, let's go ahead and shut this down. So we're at two hours. Uh, thank you for listening, guys, and we will come back in our next episode, which is probably going to be... Um, it could be Takahashi versus Tomino, depending on how quick I finish up Dunbine. And we got... Um, I got Gyrath, not Gyrath, whoa, um, Galliant. Um, I can put that on a Google Drive for you to download, so we can get through that right. next. Uh, we can probably, what we'll do is we'll just record um, Dunbine, and then I'll save that until we get to Galliant and combine all that together, but we'll probably find something else to talk about in the meantime, so we'll see. Uh, I, I might have mentioned this, but I bought um, Zillion on Blu-ray. I need to get, I, so I've got... I've got the, the, the streamlined dub of the first five episodes in Burning Night on VHS because I've had those. So I haven't... Yeah, we could review the, the dub, sure. Um, depending, I could use part of my tax money to get Zillion on Blu-ray if there's a really good sale. We can talk about that because I love to talk about Zillion. Something um, funny about the, the Blu-ray side is that the, 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 it has like a box around it. You know, yeah. like a loose cardboard sleeve. Yeah. And it's made to look like a beat-up VHS tape. Yeah. That's, that's, what I, that's what I like about it, but um, the thing is, like, a lot of my tax money is going towards paying my parents back because my fuel pump went out on my car, and then I had to get that replaced, plus the fuel filter, plus the fuel line, plus some, I think the alternator belt, and then getting an oil change, and that was, like, over 700 bucks. And I think that's where a bulk of my tax money is going towards, but if not, if I have some left, I'll try to see if I can get a good deal on uh, Zillion on Blu-ray, and then we can watch that together, so... Or I'll try to keep up with it, so then we have something to record for probably March. Um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, yeah I wish that uh, more of it was dubbed, but I, I don't think they even included the dub on the Blu-ray. No, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't include the dub on the Blu-ray, which is really sad. So. Um, yeah, um, uh, I think that it's probably on YouTube or something, though, isn't it? The, the dub. I, I think yeah, the the dub is on YouTube. I would have to ri- I have to go and get my tapes and rip those and probably put them on my spleen eventually. Uh, I don't know when, if and when Burning Night. I don't even know if they can get the, they got the rights to Burning Night or they could. And I don't know if Funimation would because it's probably something that uh, Discotech could pick up and release, which I totally would get. So Burning Night's a good OVA. We can actually review that next. Well, let's. We have so many things. Yeah, okay. well, I mean, I, I we'll think, think you, can, you can watch Burning Night without really seeing the TV series. I think it, they kind of tie into each other, but Burning Night is good on its is own. It, is it on the Blu-ray? No. 
Oh. I have it on VHS, but I got a digital copy of it, so... Um, well, I mean, uh, Burning Night, like, in subtitled form, is not even on Blu-ray? No. Okay. The only version we got in the States was the dub from Streamline. Oh. I got a copy... I got a rip of that on my computer, so I can always send it to you. So that'd be the next thing we can... We can tackle that before we get into the TV series, so... Have you seen it before? Yeah, I've seen it. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh... Alright, so we'll go ahead and end this podcast. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll tune in next time to whatever we might have that might be the review, so we'll see. Uh, so, good night and good luck. Later. Later.